local across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Six o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Luton Pilot says depression shouldn't stop people working for airlines. Campaigning officially begins ahead of the general election and parents are unable to tell if their children are obese. BBC Three Counties Radio. A pilot from Luton is backing calls from a leading British psychiatrist that people with a history of depression should not be banned from flying commercial aircraft. It follows claims that Andreas Lubitz suffered from a period of severe mental illness before crashing a plane with 150 people on board. But Captain Chris McGee says pilots with depression can fly as long as they have the right support in place. The FAA in America already have a programme in place whereby pilots who are on approved medication and are being monitored by a specialist certainly can fly. This contributes to them being stable, contributes to them being happy and reduces any possibility of anything like this happening. Campaigning for May's general election is officially underway following the dissolution of Parliament just after midnight. David Cameron will visit the Queen at Buckingham Palace later this morning to mark the end of the five-year coalition. Ben Page from the pollster's Ipsos Mori says it's impossible to predict a winner at this stage. The parties are locked in this sort of death spiral. They don't seem to be able to get out of it. None of the smaller parties are changing much either. And unless somebody does something really terrible with a microphone somewhere, uh, I don't think anything much is going to change until well after Easter. Research suggests many parents fail to recognise their child is overweight until they hit extreme levels of obesity. A study by two universities found almost a third underestimate their son's or daughter's BMI. Professor Russell Viner is one of the report's authors. So there's a problem across all groups in society, but we also found parents from uh, greater poverty, more deprivation, and parents from a South Asian background were the ones who were, had the most difficulty at identifying their children as being overweight or obese. Also the parents of boys. An inquiry is taking place into reports that private financial information about millions of people, including many pensioners, is being sold to fraudsters and telephone sales firms. The Daily Mail says undercover reporters were able to buy details by claiming they were from a cold calling company. Richard Lister reports. It appears that people's financial details are getting onto the market in a number of ways, with some apparently stolen and others released because people may not have read the terms and conditions of contracts they've signed. But the concern is that the information is getting into the hands of cold-calling companies and fraudsters just days before major pension reforms come into force, giving people the right to cash in their pension savings. In sport, Sebastian Vettel took his first victory for Ferrari at the Malaysian Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg came second and third. And the weather will be bright and chilly at first, but turning cloudy with rain this afternoon. Top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Is it about a gap here?
BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, mental health campaigners have spent the weekend uh, warning against stigmatising people with depression in the wake of the German Wings disaster. A number of national newspapers have questioned whether Andreas Lubitz was fit to fly, uh, given his history of mental illness. Well, Catherine, he was 
what was he? He was depressed. He had, he was being chased by gay demons. Um, now he's he, he got might, his girlfriend pregnant. He's got, got a they'd lady split, pregnant. They'd split up. Uh, uh, one of the papers almost implies uh, it's her fault. Uh, yeah. You've seen that today. Um, th- there has been a lot of speculation, hasn't there, about this uh, Andreas Lubitz? Yeah, and I think it's probably only natural that people will try to find some sort of sense in in something that seems so senseless. But reports have suggested that Andreas Lubitz had suffered from mental health issues and may have been receiving treatment for problems with his vision before he steered the German wing's Airbus A320 into the mountains, killing all 150 people on board. It also has to be said that, as you mentioned there, some papers are suggesting he was secretly gay and struggling to come to terms with it. Also claims that Lubitz suffered from a period of severe depression in 2008 and may have been concealing continuing problems. There's this mysterious illness that he's received treatment for recently and the hospital won't say what it is. Do you know what? This is all rubbish. This is all rubbish. We don't know. Exactly. We're all guessing. We're all guessing. One of the papers at the weekend, haunted by gay demons. What? He was being chased by Lex, the homosexual ghost that was goosing him. And then it said he used to hang out at this this club famous um, for transvestites and dwarves. And it had a picture of a tranny. You think, we're all guessing. This is annoying me. I'm annoyed. Well, some people think that the depression is the, is the, uh, yeah, the root yeah. cause of it. And well. it, it has to be said that, um, you know, people like Katie Hopkins have waded in. Prompted calls from some of those with a history of depression, um, f- some, from some people, that those with a history of depression should not be flying commercial aircraft. Now, mm, Professor Simon Wesley is president of the Royal College of Psychiatrists and he's warning against that knee-jerk response to the tragedy and says we mustn't repeat mistakes from the past. His argument is that depression is really common. It affects up to one in four people and those who've been treated for depression wouldn't be considered a risk. There are numerous pilots, and I personally actually dealt with some and I have colleagues who do this for a living who have had a history of depression and then will go on resume flying perfectly safely for maybe tens of years afterwards so having had a history of depression so far has not been a bar to um, having this kind of career providing you are open honest get treated and recover as most do this question's rubbish (laughs) <laughs> this question is basically, do we know how common depression is? Flipping it. All right, I'm going to read the question as it's written, but I'm reading it under protest. Do we know how common depression is in the airline industry? Well, according to documents from the Civil Aviation Authority seen by the Observer newspaper, some 100 commercial airline pilots in the UK have some history of depression with 42 still on medication. Now, mm. I mean, these are people who have... Uh, admitted to it. I'm sure there are many others who are um, trying to deal with it themselves. Now, later on, Ian, you're going to be speaking to Captain Chris McGee, who's a pilot. She regularly flies in and out of Luton Airport, and she says that the stigma surrounding mental health is probably worse in her her, her, uh, airline world. Sadly, there is a stigma around depressive illness in entire society, not just the airline industry. It is perhaps perceived to be a little worse in the flying world because we are in control of something quite important, people's lives. And so we obviously want to be as near to perfection as we can be, but we're human beings. So uh, increased monitoring of pilots with mental health issues could prevent a repeat of what happened to passengers on board the German Wings plane. Well, that's been the suggestion. Um, Chris McGee doesn't think it is the answer. Something like this is so rare, so unprecedented, and is very, very difficult to predict. A pilot who has some sort of depressive illness may give signs that something is going to happen or may not. And I don't really think increased monitoring would actually do that. The best possible uh, scenario, to my mind, is that the pilots react daily with their fellow on the flight deck, their dispatchers, their cabin crew, 
and they stand more of a chance of seeing something developing. This is all complete and utter rollocks. Honestly, it's rubbish, isn't it? It's rubbish. It's rubbish. This isn't, though. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cos your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. We can go where we want to, place where they will never find. And we can act like we come from out of this world, leave the real one far behind. We can dance. What we can go if we want to, night is young and so am I. And we can dress real neat from our hearts to our feet and surprise them with a victory cry. We can act if we want to If we don't, nobody will And you can act real rude and totally removed And I can act like an imbecile I say, we can dance, we can dance Everything's out of control We can dance, we can dance We're doing it from all to all We can dance, we can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance, we can dance Everybody's taking the chance Shows in it, in it, hey, hey. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with the trains, Thameslink are reporting 20-minute delays between St Albans and Orpington because a train's broken down between St Pancras International and Blackfriars. Also having a look at the train departure boards, the 623 service from Luton to Brighton is delayed. In Luton on the M1 Luton Airport Spur Road, there's roadworks around the Kinneywood roundabouts between that and Junction 10 at the main carriageway, so that could cause some delays if you're heading to the airport this morning. And elsewhere, looking at the speed sensors in High Wycombe, the A40 Oxford Road has a lane closed in both directions at Temple Street, which could cause some delays. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Sorry, I'm, I'm just arguing with Jan and Dean fans on Facebook. I'm a 41-year-old man, and I, I, I believe... Um, I think what I'm doing is trolling. I think I'm a troll. Like that um, that woman who, who, who got brundled. I think I'm, I'm trolling. Well, retract. Hang on a minute. That doesn't make any sense at all, I'm afraid. Surf City is a good song, but where is the evidence oh. of actual pop genius? There's trolling. There's trolling for you. 
6.17. It's Monday the 30th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A pilot from Luton says people with mental illness should not be stopped from flying planes if they're treated properly. Campaigning officially begins this morning ahead of the general election. And a new study says a third of parents can't tell if their kids are fat. BBC Three Counties Radio. speak to someone in India soon. BBC iPlayer Radio, always there when you need it. iPlayer the number 87, as it sits in traffic for 30 minutes. iPlayer Saturday afternoon shopping, when you run out of ways to say, that looks nice. And iPlayer the Sunday morning jog, to drown out your surprisingly loud breath. <laughs> Listen to your favourite radio programmes with BBC iPlayer Radio. Download the app now. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, many parents don't recognise that their kids are overweight until they're medically obese. That's according to researchers from the London School of Tropical Medicine who found that just over a third of the 3,000 parents questioned underestimated their offspring's size. Well, Dr Sanjay Kinra can tell us more about their findings. What do you mean, doctor, underestimated their offspring's size? So what we did was that we, uh, uh, we asked parents whether they thought their child was underweight, normal weight, overweight or very overweight. And at the same time, we did sort of objective measurements of height and weights of children. And we compared what parents reported with, with what we got as the objective data. And we found that uh, a third of them, like you say, don't recognize that their child is overweight. What, what, does it, what does a child have to be to be over? What does overweight mean? Like fatty? So this is, uh, this is essentially when you compare the, you know what we call, we call the body mass index, uh, your weight for your height. Yeah. And you compare uh, children across a range and above a certain level, when you're at the extreme of the norm, we'd call somebody overweight. And same for adults and for children. Because the body mass index doesn't necessarily mean mm -hmm. that you're fat, does it? Uh, no, not necessarily, but it gives a reflection of the amount of fat you have in the body. And the further extreme you go along the range, the more likely it is that you really are overweight as opposed to just, you know, having some level of, of misconception. Because sometimes you'll get, um, uh, like, rugby players will have a high BMI, but the, it's not fat, they're muscular. Well, that's absolutely true. But what we're talking about here is is that uh, when you, if you actually look at the body mass index, it will be higher than your usual levels and there'll be some muscle there. But once we get to very extreme ranges, it, it becomes more and more likely that you really are overweight as opposed to just, you know, uh, because of muscle or some other things. What, uh, one thing that, that um, had me scratching my head, uh, Dr. Uh, Kimra, was uh, why, uh, what's this got to do with the School of Tropical Medicine? Oh, we just call it the School of Tropical Medicine, but we do a range of oh. other studies too. Oh. So we, it's just a traditional name that's been going on for 100 years, but it's not just about tropical stuff. What what are you suggesting needs to be done? What needs to change? So I think one of the important things is that we, uh, I mean, we because the government is investing so much, uh, so many resources in trying to uh, improve uh, the lifestyles in the population, and clearly it will be important for parents to recognise early. One of the things that we already have in place is the Na National Child Measurement Program, where 
I don't know if you know, some of the, your listeners might know that children aged sort of in the recession year in year six across the whole country get their height and weight measured in school. Yeah. And they get a letter saying whether what the BMI of the child is. And now that's one way of actually trying to make uh, families aware of, of what the situation is. Because often well, one of the things that's happening is that with time, uh, the society as a whole is becoming bigger and so the norms are shifting. And that makes it harder for, for parents to appreciate early uh, if some of these issues may be lurking around. Why, why don't parents just not feed their kids so much rubbish all the time? Well, you can't. We can't uh, blame the the parents. It's all a, a societal shift that's happening. Well, you can blame the parents so, for giving their kids rubbish food. Of course, you can. Well, <laughs> you can, but I won't. You coward, uh, doctor! You coward! <laughs> no, no. It's, you have to understand. Parents have so much pressure that they have to work under too. So it's our job to make make it easier for them to to do what's right for the children. And most of them do want to do that as well. Hey, Sanjay, you're in India right now. Whereabouts in India are you? Uh, I'm right now in Bangalore. Oh, man, alive. Is it warm? Is it very warm here? Yeah, uh, I bet Thank it's you. very warm. Thank you. Sanjay, nice to talk to you. Thank you very much, Dr Sanjay Kinra, who's in Bangalore. Oh, I fancy some of that. That's like proper, proper heat. Isn't it? That's proper heat. That heat that soaks you through. He was good. I liked him. I think he's wrong, though. Do you? It's the parents' fault. It's always the parents' fault. You can't blame it on society. No, no, society. You're responsible for what your kids put in their mouth up to a certain age and um, and, and how they view food. I think some people's perception is skewed. Yeah. Well, they don't realise that they're big, so they don't see that their children oh, are big. Oh, well, this is the thing. Fat kids, fat mum. Well, I mean, it's often they're eating the same food and, and pretty and adult the same portions. portion size. Yeah. Adult portions. That's where the beef is. Literally the beef. And then it goes in the mouth and then it goes into the stomach.
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the trains to begin with, and there are 20 minute delays reported for Thameslink trains between St Albans and Orpington. That's because of a problem with the stations there. Uh, some trains might be cancelled at short notice. Having a look at the motorways, and it's still looking quite quiet. The M1 Luton Airport Spur Road has roadworks going on between Junction 10A at the Kidneywood Roundabout and 10 for the main carriageway, so that could cause delays if you're heading to the airport. Elsewhere, having a look at the A1 southbound between the Holiday Inn and Stirling Corner through Boreham Wood, there are queues starting to build up southbound. And the A45 North Waterford Road, that's starting to look quite busy now around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha, excellent stuff indeed. Uh, let's just quickly hear a recording of Kath sneezing. It's in October, except I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> We'll hear more from Kath after this. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Six, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a pilot from Luton is backing calls that people with a history of depression should not be banned from flying commercial aircraft. Captain Chris McGee's comments follows claims that Andreas Lubitz suffered from mental illness before crashing the German Wings airliner. Campaigning for the general election is now officially underway. David Cameron will visit the Queen this morning to mark the end of the five-year coalition. And many parents fail to recognise their child is overweight until they hit extreme levels of obesity. A new study says almost a third underestimate their son's or daughter's BMI. The weather will be bright and chilly at first, but turning cloudy with rain this afternoon. Top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sebastian Vettel got his first victory for Ferrari at the Malaysian Grand Prix. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton came second with his Mercedes teammate Nico Rosberg in third. The fist comes out from the cockpit of the Ferrari of Sebastian Vettel. A historic win for Vettel. His third in Malaysia, the 40th of his career. He's turned the tables on Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton and he's brought this Formula One World Championship to life. On to football and Stevenage are away to Burton Lee in League Two this evening. The Borough pushing for a playoff place and skipper Ronnie Henry says it's difficult not to look at how other teams around them are doing. Yeah, of course. I mean, people say they don't look at the table, but I think they're lying, aren't they? they it's always... You can't resist really looking at the table, but we've, we've put ourselves in a, in a good position like over the last month or so, haven't we? So mm. we're, um, we're, we're positive we can get in there. We need to not look too far ahead. Like you said, we just need to look at Monday's game. Luton Town were beaten 2-1 away at Northampton, their sixth defeat in a row. Despite their bad form, midfielder Alex Lawless says the players haven't lost their ambition. Our aim all along was for promotion, um, and it still is. Um, and we, we will never give up on that. And, and hopefully we can we can bring that to the fans. You know, they, you know, they, they've been the support they've given us this season has, has just been it's, it's unreal. And the, the lads really want to repay that. Meanwhile, Wickham Wanderers are now seven points clear in the third-place automatic promotion position after their win at Dagenham. And finally, in Rugby Union, the Bedford Blues were defeated by 38 points to 14 away to Bristol in the Championship. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 7 o'clock. What do you think you're doing? Leslie will be furious. You must be raving mad. We're on the air. Look, what's the idea? Come back here. We bought an egg.
kick in at some point. I knew that we, that I knew we were building up to something. I knew, I just couldn't remember quite what it was we were building up to. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine joins me in the studio to look through what can only be described as um, uh, PP papers. P poor, V poor, very poor papers today. There's nothing. And because it, it's the election, we can't talk about any of that stuff. Can we? I didn't read the email about the rules. It's best not, eh? Hey, have you been sending death threats to Tony Hall, the boss of the BBC? Not me, no. Are you sure? Yeah, positive. Someone, Someone in this else. building has. Oh, in this building? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not casting aspersions. What are you incinerating? You're incinerating something because I can smell burning. What's in the papers? Haunted by dead wife for wearing her slippers. Hey! This, this guy, here's the Ev. This guy on page 13 of the mirror is being nagged from beyond the grave. I mean, really. A spooked husband claims he put his foot in it when he let a clairvoyant contact his dead wife, who then told him, You're wearing my slippers. Take them off now. Ted Wiseman, 79, believes he's being scolded from beyond the grave by Yvonne, who died last May at the age of 64 after suffering a stroke. And he swears the ghost of Yvonne recently woke him up bellowing, Stop bloody sniffing! Ted said, I was absolutely gobsmacked. That was her. That was exactly what Yvonne used to say. But Ted is delighted that his beloved wife is still able to give him an ear bashing about his bad habits. <laughs> the former lollipop man said she was the gaffer. If he did something wrong, she'd let you know. She also got very irritated when I flicked my fingers or sucked my teeth. <laughs> I've started sucking my I've started sucking my teeth as uh, young people. Why? You know, like, in, like street style. Don't do that because that's Ooh. asking for a slap. I do it. I do it. Do you mean kissing your teeth? I mean going. No, suck them. It's kissing. I'm doing what? Kissing your teeth. No, that would be. Kiss my teeth. Yeah. I'm going. Same thing. I do it when I walk past young people. What do they say? They've not heard me yet. <laughs> <laughs> but if they walk past me with an attitude, or they're on their phones and they're not looking at me, or whatever... <laughs> That'll teach him. That'll teach him. You're going to get a punch in the kisser. Hey, speaking of punches in the kisser, so I went to see the god-awful SpongeBob SquarePants film yesterday. Mm-hmm. I hate SpongeBob. And I'd not, we only just recently discovered it in my house, and I'd always been told it was really clever and arch and funny. It's one of those cartoons that it's more for adults than kids. It's not. It's rubbish. It's about this flipping sponge that makes uh, crab patties. I don't know what a patty is in this country. It's a burger. And it's and that so we had to go and see this flipping film, right? And we went to a really grotty cinema where they'd run out of booster seats for kids to sit on. So my kid, we paid thirty quid, including for sweeties and stuff. And my kids can't see the screen because they've not got the booster seat. So I went out and I saw the manager. I said, "Can we get a couple of booster seats? Screen six. I'm sorry, we've run out." Uh-huh. Well, it's eleven thirty on a Sunday morning. He said we've run out, and I start getting a little bit, you know. And he stood there with his arms folded. He says, "Well, sir, with that attitude, I won't. I won't be getting you any." <gasps> so do you know what I did then? Kiss your teeth. No, I, I got down on my knee. I went, "Oh, please! I'm begging you, please, <laughs> please, get me some booster seats." Wow. Sarcastic. Didn't help. <laughs> right in the middle. Right in the middle of the cinema. Didn't help. And um, at this point, what are your boys doing? They're in the cinema on their own. Oh, good. And then he said, do you want to see... He said he was the manager, and then it turned out he was the duty manager. Oh, and I went, oh, right. right. Get me the real manager. And then he said, OK. And he got his walkie-talkie, and I, then I panicked. Panicked. Yeah, he got... He went... I went, oh, actually, my boys are in the cinema on their own. I'm going to go. And I legged it. Anyway, so I was in a bad mood. And then the fella in front of me, um, he then starts doing a text during the film. He's texting. He's texting. 
And I'm getting angry and I'm thinking, it's fine, man, just chill, the kids, just, just chill. And then he's texting. Then he makes a phone call in the middle of the film. And he phones up some... He's phone talking to some woman. And I'm sitting there fuming. And then he gives the phone to the kid he's with. <laughs> and the kid's going, mama, mama, mama. And I leant over and I tapped him. I said, oi, come on, mate. End that phone call immediately. He looked really surprised I was telling him off for making a phone call in the middle of a film. There's even adverts to say, don't make... Don't make the phone calls, calls in the, in the film. film. Oh, I was annoyed. And we booked seats and there were some family sitting in our seats. And I said, oh, I think you've got our seats. And she said, oh, well, they told us we could sit anywhere we wanted. What's the point of me booking it online then? Yeah. What's the Book point? that online. So anyway, fun times at the cinema. And it was a rubbish film. There was one bit that made me laugh, and I can't even remember what that was. The Probably rest for of... the best that the kids can see it. Though. Oh, and then it's got um, who's the, the the toothy man? Alan Carr. It's got Alan Carr in it, the tooth fairy, and then it's got um, the other fellow Matt... I don't like who talks like that. Matt Berry. Oh, Matt Berry, and I talk like that. These two, are my... Matt Berry was rude to me once. He wasn't rude to me. I was just out with with him and some other people, and he didn't speak to me. Rude. Yeah. So I've got beef with him. And Alan Carr. So all in all, a thoroughly unpleasant experience. How was your weekend? Call me now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double. Do not recommend that movie or Home that was... experience. Home was good though, wasn't it? Home was all right. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that film. That's a good film. Yeah. I'm just going to do this. Okay, Kelly. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Are we allowed to call her Foxy Noxy again now? Well, yeah, but why? Well, because she's not guilty of the murder again. But they called so her she, that all the way through. So she... Let, let, let's, let's try and get the chronology of this correct. Mm. Amanda Knox wasn't guilty, then was guilty, then wasn't guilty, then was guilty, and now isn't guilty mm -hmm. again. Yeah, so she's Foxy Noxy again. She can get married. OK. Yeah. And that's, that's right, is it? Amanda Knox has vowed to return to Italy. Oh, I, I wouldn't love. Imagine if the Italian judges, they know that she's never going to go to Italy, so they can't sentence her again. So they go, we will say that she is innocent. And then when is she come, we put her in a prisoner. Right. So she should go, OK, yes, Amanda Knox, she is Foxy Noxy, she's a innocent. She's a in she did not do it. Then she comes over and they go, aha! Are we a lie? You are guilty. You go back into a prisoner. Yep. Imagine if that happens. Well, I don't need to. I was there just then. Amanda Knox has vowed to return to Italy. Is that your phone? It is my phone. Outrageous. Amanda Knox has vowed to return to Italy, despite the fact the Italians may be lying to her just to trick her to go over no, there. No, And no. she could actually be a guilty. Go into a prison. Why would you want to go back there? Because she's going to be... Th well, I mean, their papers as well are worse than ours. They say that, and I'm not suggesting this about Amanda Knox, of course, but they always return to the scene of the crime. Oh, don't stop they? it. Don't they? Don't they? She's a guilty. We are going to put. Oh, she is an innocent. Come back to our country and we apologise for making you look so bad. So she gets off the plane. Aha! You are guilty. Quickly, put her in a prisoner. And then we are throw away the key. And then we go off and we have a mama lasagna. Oh. And that's how Foxy Noxy ended up serving life what? in prison. I can tell you've studied, you know, acting and... Acting and law. <laughs> and, and geography. Acting and law and geography. It says here the next song is Shane Ward. No. Not a chance, Kelly Betts. No. Find us, find us a nice three-minute song. Huh? I've put Shaka Khan in. Oh! Shaka, 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 Shaka Khan.
They love all that. Bland is the new rock and roll. Speaking of Bland being the new rock and roll, so Dermot O'Leary quits the X Factor. He yeah. got the sack. Mm. They put Caroline Flack and Ollie Mers in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He found out, and we can do this, how did you find out you lost your job? He found out that he lost his job by reading it on the Sun website. No. And then he did one of those tweets that said, oh, I've decided to move on from my £1 million a year job. It's like when I left Absolute Radio, it was my decision to uh, stop getting paid 500 quid a night for playing record. That was my decision. It was my decision to do that. No, well, I got the sack. That's how it is in this industry. You kind of, if you're lucky, you get the option to go, well, you can say you left if you wanted to. Yeah, because it sounds like you've got an exciting project. No, I got the boot. Everywhere I've, I've left, I got the boot. Oh. I'll get the boot from here now, probably. Well, hopefully not today. Maybe, fingers crossed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. How did you find out you lost your job? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's starting to look very busy around Junction 10 for the M1 Luton Airport Spur Road. Also looking at the M25 anti-clockwise, it's slow around Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. And in Bricketwood, it's busy on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts. On the trains, Thameslink services have 20 minutes delays between St Albans and Orpington because a train's broken down. And the 701 service from Milton Keynes Central to East Croydon is cancelled. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.46, Monday the 30th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A pilot from Luton says people with mental illness should not be stopped from flying planes if they're treated properly. Campaigning officially begins this morning ahead of the general election and a new study says a third of parents can't tell if their children are overweight. We'll speak to Delia in a bit. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A nice start to the new working week, at least. We have some bright sunshine, uh, or at least some bright spells this morning, but the clouds are going to gradually increase as we head through the afternoon and into this evening. The wind is going to really strengthen as well. Now, first thing, I'm just looking at the satellite picture. We have got a bit of cloud around, but it's quite high. We should get some brightness once the sun rises a little bit later this morning. And we should get some sunshine, as I said, but the cloud will thicken through the afternoon and then the rain's going to arrive towards, really, the commute home this evening or towards rush hour. Maximum temperature in the meantime getting up to around 11 Celsius. Now the wind is going to strengthen through the afternoon, particularly around the, the higher ground, the Chilterns Downs, and then it's going to continue to strengthen throughout this evening and overnight. First bound of rain moves through the first part of the evening, then it starts to break up and comes a little more showery through towards the early hours of tomorrow morning. Temperatures, though, not dropping down too far, 7 Celsius, so reasonably mild. For tomorrow, there's more sunshine, or at least some sunny spells, but also some very heavy, squally showers around as well. Could get a bit of hail in there, and we're hanging on to the wind. Another breezy day for Tuesday, maximum temperature 11 Celsius, and that's your forecast. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. What you got? Drones. Uh Right, you know... Is that you talking about the people that work here? (laughs) Is it? No. No? They're all mavericks. (laughs) 
Police helicopters could be replaced by military-style drones as forces yeah. look to save cash after Savage Courts. No, they won't. fit a copper in there. <laughs> Plus, you have to be really careful where you fly those things. There are loads of restrictions. We couldn't just get... Because I quite fancy one with a camera on it, go and have a little shifty around the uh, neighbourhood. Well. But apparently it's not as easy as that. Well, I mean, if yes, if you're going to fly within the, the laws of the land, it's not as easy as that. Yeah. No, you can. You can go up to a certain height, I think. Not if you've got a camera on it. Oh, so you can? No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, no, you have to have a licence. Anyway, so you've got to have a licence. But there's also this, uh, a copper story. Uh, parents who let their children play over 18 games, such as Call of Duty Face, being reported to police by school heads. <sighs> they warn that giving youngsters access to violent games is neglectful and that exposure to adult material could increase the risk of early sexualised behaviours. Fifteen primary schools and one secondary wrote to parents after pupils reported playing inappropriate games, including Grand Theft Auto and Dogs of War. Dogs of war! Do you know what? Sims could get quite steamy when I used to play that. Especially the way I played it. Well, then, um, it's... What? What did you get The Sims doing? All sorts. Really? I don't think The Sims could be sex sexy. I feel for you. I think I love you, little Sim. Pretty much. The letter from the Nantwich Education Partnership in Cheshire states they've described the levels of violence and sexual content um, and if your child's allowed to have inappropriate access to any game, right. we are advised to contact the police. OK, how old are these kids that were... Primary. Did it say secondary as well? No. Read it again. 15 primary schools and one secondary. Thank you. All right. Mostly primary. And I assume they're going to do the same about films? I would hope so. And I assume they're going to do the same about books? Uh, what if they're reading Fifty Shades or something? What if they're reading violent books? I don't know. The Bible. Yeah, have that. The Quran. Yeah, have that. Catherine, very controversial of you there to throw the Quran into the mix well, in I've my never voice. Mentioned, wow. Gosh. Wow. Gosh, that was controversial. I don't think I'd have been quite so bold. But still, are they going to do the same for for violent books? Let me have a look in the for article. For example, the Bible and the Quran. Let me have a look in this article. Just, <laughs> just saying, just no. controversial Monday. That they are two very, very violent books. Mm, in saying that, do you know what? Around uh, three months ago, I was on the streets of Luton. I was walking back from a street report and. Somebody came up to me and they said, would you like a copy of this? I said, oh, what's that? It was the Quran. Oh. I took it home and I've started reading it. Got to about page five so far. And that was a month ago? Yes. Uh, compelling. Because, yeah, compelling because uh, obviously... Long you, keep research... get, you keep getting distracted by the Guinness World of Hit Records. Exactly. When somebody says to me, talk to me about the 1960s and the music, that is where my eyes what go. Was, what was number one in the 5th century BC? I mean... I just... No chance until, what, 1960, I believe? Or 1958, even? One of the two. So the thing is... <laughs> If, if you're going to go dogging, mm -hmm. you yeah. need wood. <laughs> You've got to have wood, Coverage. Justin. You have got yep. to have wood and bush. Yes. Yep. You need yeah. a decent thatch. You need, you, need, you need wood, you need bush, you need decent thatch. Some scrub. Yep. Definitely. Well, definitely. Sounds like uh, you know what you're talking about. Well, here. one farmer has got his chopper out. Yeah, he did. A farmer got so fed up with couples using a wood on his land as a dogging site He's only gone and chopped it down, hasn't he? <sighs> chopped down the Get wood. Get a clearer view. Mark, <laughs> Mark Byers, 42, and his wife, Claire, 35, were appalled at the randy antics. The rantics almost every day. <laughs> the site near Corby Hill, Cumbria... Let me just write that down. 
be freezing. Let me just put that in my sat nav. <laughs> yes. Became so popular, it was even mentioned on dogging websites. Yeah. The council put up locked gates, but that did not stop it. With some even knocking on the couple's door, wanting them opened. The gates, I'm assuming. <laughs> Finally, Mark had all 60 trees felled. He said, what's a Cumbrian accent? Like proper northern. Yeah, proper northern. Eh? It's a shame, but we didn't want our children to be exposed to this type of behaviour. We can't take the girls up there as we're afraid of what they'll see. Winkles and woo-woos. <laughs> <laughs> the couple have two daughters aged three and 18 months. Claire said, this isn't funny. This is not funny. I was walking with the pram past the picnic area and two men jumped out of woods. <laughs> well, maybe they've been for a ramble. Hey, so there we go. That's, um... That's, that's disappointing. So that's, that's one place yeah. off the list of uh, well, my bucket list. No, there's loads. And especially bucket being it, the operative word. There there's are... lots. There's <laughs> lots. And, of course, on the back burner for the time being, um, my undercover reports on dogging. Uh, that will be coming to a BBC radio programme near you very soon, it, we hope. Is that ever going to happen? Because we talked about that two years ago. So these things take a lot of effort. If, you, if you're going to be a BBC reporter going undercover yeah. and then taking your clothes off, that takes a lot of paperwork, all right? So just leave it with How me. Much Paperwork uh, for you to uh, dress up like Madonna? Uh, not a lot. Okay. okay. It's different. What are we going to send her out on? Um, fat children. Uh, well, well, we've got those pictures of us when we were kids. This we is what we... We're fat. Well, um... By the way, Zane yeah. is looking at properties in Wellin in Hertfordshire. Oh, I'm Wellin For up. all you One Direction fans, he is coming to Hertfordshire looking at a £2 million mansion. Wow. Great news. That is that is well in, isn't it? Two million pounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm well in up. Just in case you missed that. He's well in there. That was yeah. the problem. Guys. Well, if, I hope he brings some boots with him. Yeah. Some Wellingtons. Mm -hmm. Oh. Where's that unfunny old man we had on, on Friday? Let's get him to find out. He was good. Okay, so we've got. Um, fat kids. Fat kids. Haddocks. I've not done that story yet, so it doesn't mean Ghosts. anything. Go dead oh, slippers. Haunted slippers. Yeah, I believe in that. Sorry? Getting that sacked one. The what? How, how did you find out you're going to lose your job? Oh, yeah, how did you find out you're going to lose your job? Yeah, I think that's yeah. a bit niche. Could be a bit niche, yeah. He's good, he's good at, um, he's, he's good at niche. Yeah. Hey, do what you want, Delia. I do, no, I listen, you're the boss. Come no, on, you call care. this one. Come on, it's controversial, Monday. What would you like? No, I don't. It's up to you. Come on. OK. I'm a waiter in a restaurant. I'm saying to you, dear Ian Lee, I've got my pen and paper in my hand. What would you like, sir? What would you like to order? OK. Order uh, should, a box. Should we ban the Bible and the Koran? Wow. You want to go with that? No, I'm just teasing and winding Kath up. OK. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no Catherine. I've got no idea today. I'm, I'm a little bit lost in the uh, well, the woods that have been chopped down by this um, arrogant farmer. <laughs> well, well, um... Arrogant farmer. Arrogant, um, a pleasure killing. How farmer. dare you do that to people? People going out, getting there, enjoying. And imagine if they're along. in there yeah. while he's chopping it down. That'd be awful, Very wouldn't it? In the earth move. Yeah. Cass. Um. Oh.
So, uh, two of the monkeys are coming over in September. Mickey and Peter. Nez don't fancy it. That's fine. I can live with that. I can live with What's that. What's Nez's beef? Ah, he's a miserable uh, money-grabbing so-and-so. you got 40 seconds. Sitting on a bus at 3am after leaving home in the dead of night, a little it. girl looks up and tells okay. bemused passengers, oh, I want is a slushy. Annabelle Ridgway, four, woke up fancying the flavoured ice drink, put on her purple what we used to What we used to call a slush puppy. Yeah, slush puppy. Well, she's an American, so she calls it a slushy. As her parents slept, she crossed several busy roads before hopping on a bus. Why would you call it a slush puppy? What's the puppy got to do with it? It was just the brand, isn't it? I always thought the puppy was connected with uh, the Snoopy, but I don't think they were. I think they just looked similar. It looked like Droopy. Horrible, horrible. Um, unless they're still going, in which they case are they're still excellent, going? excellent, excellent, pro- excellent yep. product. Yeah. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's very slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 10 for Luton Airport. Also looking at the M25 anti-clockwise and traffic starting to build up around Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. In Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road, it's very slow around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And Thameslink are reporting 20-minute delays between St Albans and Orpington as because the train's broken down near St Pancras. Chris. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. So, uh, what have we got? I mean, haunted slippers seems to be the uh, the main thrust. Can you tell if your kids are fat? When, how did you find out you were going to lose your job? And is there anybody, anybody more wooden than my great showbiz friend, Dermot O'Dreary? I mean, he's a, ni- he's a nice guy, but very, very, very dull, isn't he? That's what makes the money. Yeah, days. it's what makes the money. Bland is the new rock and roll. Let's get the news. Here's Lee. And vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Luton Pilot says depression shouldn't stop people working for airlines. Campaigning officially begins ahead of the general election and parents unable to tell if their children are obese. BBC Three Counties Radio. A pilot from Luton says people with mental illness should not be stopped from flying planes if they're treated properly. It follows claims that Andreas Lubid suffered from a period of severe mental illness before crashing a plane with 150 people on board. Captain Chris McGee says pilots with depression can fly as long as they have the right support in place. The FAA in America already have a programme in place whereby pilots who are on approved medication and are being monitored by a specialist certainly can fly. This contributes to them being stable, contributes to them being happy and reduces any possibility of anything like this happening. Parliament has been formally dissolved after five years of coalition government. David Cameron will go to Buckingham Palace just before lunch to see the Queen, triggering, triggering the start of the general election campaign. Joe Twyman from Pollster's YouGov thinks it will be the closest Ford contest in years. We'll see a lot of fluctuation from a lot of different polling companies as different, uh, as different news stories and different events resonate with the voters. But will they stick? That is the key question. Will this be a fundamental change? What we do know from the long-term trends at the moment is that neither party is anywhere near where it needs to be in order to get a majority at the election. 
Research suggests many parents fail to recognise their child is overweight until they hit extreme levels of obesity. A study has found almost a third underestimate their son or daughter's body mass index. One of the report's authors, Dr Sanjay Kinra, told Ian Lee it has a lot to do with the amount people now eat. One of the things that's happening is that with time, uh, the society as a whole is becoming bigger and so the norms are shifting. And that makes it harder for, for parents to appreciate early uh, some of these issues may be lurking around. An inquiry is taking place into reports that private financial information about millions of people, including many pensioners, is being sold to fraudsters and telephone sales firms. The Daily Mail says undercover reporters were able to buy details by claiming they were from a cold calling company. Richard Lister reports. It appears that people's financial details are getting onto the market in a number of ways, with some apparently stolen and others released because people may not have read the terms and conditions of contracts they've signed. But the concern is that the information is getting into the hands of cold-calling companies and fraudsters just days before major pension reforms come into force, giving people the right to cash in their pension savings. In sport, Sebastian Vettel took his first victory for Ferrari at the Malaysian Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg came second and third. And the weather will be bright and chilly at first, but turning cloudy with rain this afternoon. Top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thanks, Lee. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Mixed bag this morning. Pilots, fat kids, haunted slippers, losing your job... Eight four five nine four double five five double five, or you can text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's that time of the morning when we find out whether Catherine has booted up the text machine. Yeah. Oh, you haven't, have you? And I even deliberately slowly mentioned text before so that you would know. Look at your face. I'm all right. I'll be, I'll be right there. I'm all right. I'll be right there. What does that even mean? <laughs> You're such a swine. How am I a you swine? Know I went to the loo and then I went... No, you've been sat there for... How am I a swine by doing the same thing at the same time every single You're morning? You're me out. You're supposed to be a mate. But right. what... I've got to fill for a minute while you, you log in. I'm in. Let's hear what you got. Hi, Ian, says Carl. Good morning, Carl. Did you see the trailer for the kids' Noah's Ark film? It looks good. It does look good, actually, yeah. but I, I, I'm worried by the, um, the, the the religious content worries me a little bit, actually. It makes me slightly... Un- doesn't worry does me. It? makes me slightly uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah, is, uh, is there going to be some... Uh, is it going to be forced? Are we going to have... Well, it is a biblical story. So are we going to have Jesus some... rammed down our throat? Well, Jesus, no, but definitely some God. I mean, you know. my, my little boy got me to um, get on my hands and knees and do a prayer with him the other night. Now, while it was... We could talk about that, actually. While it was very, very sweet, part of me thought, ooh... Yeah, who made this decision? Where did this come from? Oh, yeah, his school. school. Yeah. My um, uh, eldest wants to join the um, afternoon lunch club that's a Bible club. Only <laughs> because their mates do and they do a lot of colouring in. Yeah, now, listen, I, I, and whenever my boy asks me about God, I always say, well, some people think this. Yeah. I uh, tend to think this. 
Uh, but it, ultimately, it's your decision. Uh, all I can suggest, dear boy, is you get the evidence and you make your own mind up yeah. and see what feels right for you. But uh, and, and we, you know, we had a nice little pray up and it was it was all right. And we, we... Do you know, if nothing else, it's a meditation and you're concentrating yeah. your thoughts, aren't you? And I don't, I don't listen. I, I kind of do a little prayer every day. I don't do it to the Christian God that, that he was doing it to. And um, it, uh, it just it just sat slightly uncomfortably with me. And so that so that Noah film does as well. Mm. Also, two by two. How's that going to work? It's got it's got like these weird um, animals in it that aren't don't exist, doesn't it? I don't know, mate. Yeah, there was like a pink thing and. Um... It's called a flamingo. They do exist. They are real. What? They are real. Any more texts? Uh, yeah, loads from Peter and Warmer Green, but I, I haven't got a clue what he's on about. So, Peter, why don't you just ring us up? <laughs> Peter, phone up and have a whinge, Miss Ball, so and so. Now, a leading British psychiatrist has warned against stigmatising people with depression in the wake of the French Alps air disaster. Professor Sir Simon Wesley says pilots with a history of depression should not be banned from flying commercial jets as some people have called for. Well, reports have suggested that Andreas Lubitz had suffered from mental health issues before he crashed a plane into the French Alps, killing all 150 people on board. Uh, Captain Chris McGee is a pilot who regularly flies out of Luton Airport. Morning, Chris. Good morning to you. Uh, What do you make of the professor's comments? I think he's right. Pilots have been uh, flying for many years, uh, suffering from depressive illness because they're monitored and they're treated and it's looked after and managed in a very, very logical way. This is a really weird conversation because um, we're just guessing about uh, Andreas Lubitz, aren't we? We, we, we? we don't really know what was wrong with him, whether he had an eye condition, whether he was concerned about his sexuality, whether, he, 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 you know, as one of the papers says today, he was going to be a dad and then his girlfriend. We haven't got a clue what was going on with him, have we? We have not the faintest idea, and this is why jumping to conclusions is kind of dangerous, really. And it, it, it was, it did annoy me at the weekend when uh, the, all the head, lots of headlines came out and uh, said uh, the, the crazed captain was depressed. I believe one of the, I'm sure one of the headlines used the word depression and madman in the same Ooh, sentence. Yes. And it's, um, it's really dangerous, isn't it? When people feel stigmatised about depression and mental illness already, for, for this to kind of come out, it, it doesn't help, does it? No, not at all. I'm afraid this is winding times back to Victorian era when Somebody who saw the world in a slightly different way to you was was locked up. Yeah. What what um, support is there for uh, 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 mental health in the airline industry? Actually, the support is there. The difficulty is getting people to take it. Because as pilots, our culture, and so it should be, is to strive for perfection. And anything that doesn't achieve that level of, of uh, shall we say, um, achievement is seen to be faulty and we we naturally want we, we naturally want to be perfect mm. and the i think the thing to do is to encourage people to say hang on a minute to achieve perfection you don't have to necessarily be there at the first instant nobody can you adopt a series of tools to get there and i think people should be encouraged to say that this is one of the tools that you can use how stressful is it being... It, 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 almost impossible to quantify, I realise I've just said that, but in your opinion, how stressful is it being an airline pilot? 
on a personal level, I actually don't really find it stressful at all. Mm. It's an incredible profession. It's a wonderful thing. In fact, most pilots regard it more of, well, less of a vocation and more as a love affair, to be honest. Oh. Uh, it really is something amazing. But I'm sure that there are aspects of it, like, for example, the responsibility, which is a pretty obvious statement, yeah. um, the shifting in your body clock. There are things that some some people might find more stressful than others. Personally, I, I don't find it stressful at all. And as a result of this specific incident, which which is significantly different from any of the other recent air disasters, uh, because if what we have led to believe is true, it was a deliberate act by one of the pilots, what kind of... Um, what kind of conversations, what kind of mood has this created within the pilot community? A great deal of sadness uh, because, number one, it was so out of the blue. But number two, because of the betrayal of trust of our passengers. Ultimately, this young guy was part of our pilot community. And we failed him in some way, or the system failed him in some way which led to this, this horrific disaster. Isn't that interesting you phrase it like that, Chris? We failed him in some way. What do you, can you expand on that? There was clearly something, I would believe, that, this, that could have helped this young guy. Whether it was uh, an intervention or whether it was him approaching a professional in the aviation community, there is a step that was missed out somewhere. Uh, when there is an accident, for example, on a technical basis, we usually refer to it as an error chain. It's not usually just one thing. It's several things that all line up that causes the incident. Mm. In this case, we missed a link somewhere. And uh, some of the airlines now have changed their procedures, haven't they? So uh, uh, there will be two... Some EasyJet and Monica, I think, and maybe a few others. So there'll be two members of crew in the cockpit at all times. Mm. So does that mean if, if, like, if the co-pilot comes out to go to the loo or something, uh, a, a steward w would come and sit in? Yeah, in, in actual fact, in America, this is, this is already law. Right. It's not law in the EU, but several airlines had already voluntarily adopted this, and several more have done now. And I think it's a very, very safe, logical procedure. My company already does that. Mm. Uh, and has, has any, have any um, uh, customers or passengers uh, expressed any concern to you since this incident? Um, actually, very little. Yeah. Um, we, t we, try, we try our best to be as visible and accessible to the passengers as we can, obviously, with 9-11 and the whole problem around the cockpit door, we have to be a little bit, uh, a little bit careful. But I think the important thing is that the passengers realise we, we, we do really like what we do. We do love our jobs. And at the end of the day, that is exactly what we want to do. We want to go home to our families. I still get, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a petrol head at all, but I still get <laughs> the most childish thrill when I walk into, uh, uh, um, uh, on an aeroplane and the uh, cockpit door is open and you get to have a little little glimpse inside. It's still as a... I, I pretend I'm doing it for my boys, and I go, oh, look, boys, look, this is where the pilot sits. But the 41-year-old me has got, oh, look at this, it's brilliant! It's where and they so fly! It, and so it should be, because <laughs> it is a tremendous profession. It's a wonderful job. We get to play with them 
amazing toys, in yeah. commerce. Chris, always good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's Captain Chris McGee, 08459 555. It's a weird story to talk about this one, because we're just guessing. Mm-hmm. We're guessing. We don't know anything about this fella. But isn't it a shame that mental illness is still something that people will latch onto as being, ah, well, that explains it then. Ah, oh, explains it. He was dep- ah, he was depressed. That's why he wanted to kill 150 people. Uh, is it any wonder people don't speak up about being mentally ill? Oh, man alive. Uh, if anyone's going through a tough time at the moment, then you, you, this is really going to uh, make you keep your head... This is possibly going to uh, encourage you to keep your head below the parapet. Guy made me laugh on Twitter, though, over the weekend. He said, uh, I need to drive to the shops um, and I, I, I'm suffering with depression. Am I OK to go? Or, you know, I'm quite hungry. Can someone let me know whether I'm suitable to be behind the wheel? It's, a, no- it's a nonsense story. Well, when I say it's a nonsense story, obviously the, the, the tragedy of the aeroplane is uh, an horrendous story. But the story about the... Oh, he was depressed. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything. The, 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 him being depressed doesn't mean anything in the context of this story at all. And it's all guesswork and it's all conjecture. We have got no idea what was going on in that young man's head when he uh, decided to do what he decided to do. As you said, they've, they've sort of suggested it might be about uh, his sexuality or his relationship breaking down or... We don't know. It might be because uh, he didn't like the way his hair parted that day. Do you know, we're literally plucking ideas out of the sky. Someone, someone gave him a dirty look when he was getting on. But I don't know. We don't know. 08459 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, you can send us uh, a text as well. We'll do some more texts in a bit. 81333. Start your text 3CR. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M northbound, there's been an accident between Junction 6 for Welling Garden City and 7 for Stevenage between two vehicles. It's blocking a lane, so causing some queues beginning to build up just approaching there on the A1M northbound. Looking at the M25 anti-clockwise on the speed sensors, and it's quite slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. But on the M40 into London, it's looking heavy from Junction 4 for the Highwood Command Handicross roundabouts. On the A1 southbound, it's very slow from the St. Neas Junction towards the Black Cat roundabouts. And on the trains, Thameslink are reporting 20 minute delays between St. Albans and Orpington because the train's broken down. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 7.15, Monday the 30th of March. These are your headlines. A pilot from Luton says people with mental illness should not be stopped from flying planes if they're treated properly. The general election campaign officially gets underway this morning. It's going to be exciting. Guys? OK. And a new study says many parents can't tell if their children are becoming fatty. BBC's Three Counties Radio. has uh, tweeted, surely the co-pilot should have a code number so he can enter the locked cockpit. Well, they do. Yeah, but you can override it. The, the, but it, And it was the pilot that got locked out. This guy that downed it was, was the co-pilot. Uh, they do, they have a secret code that only they know and it's updated regularly, uh, but it can be overridden from the inside just yeah. in case, I don't know, Al-Qaeda get that code number that they, they, they sure. can uh, type in. So um, there was some idiot on a BBC local station the other day, BBC WM, saying that we need that, that another 9/11 is never going to happen. What? Because his his words were the passengers wouldn't have it, so they need to make the door easier to break down so that this couldn't happen. He's going oh, another 9/11 would never. The passengers wouldn't have it. The passengers wouldn't have it if if some dodge pots got up and started. The passengers would have them. Um, suggesting that because they didn't, <laughs> they were somehow weak. Yeah, I they know. They had a go, I think, if we remember rightly. Hey, flipping heck. 
Oh, I don't know. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Let's uh, let's do this, and then we'll come we'll come to some texts in a second. Let's uh, let's do this. New research suggests that many parents are failing to recognise when their child's weight becomes a problem. Nearly three thousand parents are questioned as part of the study, with just over a third underestimating their child's weight. Well, uh, Suki Rayat from Hitchin used to weigh 30 stone before a health scare caused him to change his ways. Morning, Suki. Good morning. Uh, What was the health scare uh, and and what ways have you changed? Well, um, back in 2011, August of 2011, I um, I suffered a heart attack. I had a narrowing in one of my arteries, 65% narrowing, and um, that um, sort of uh, caused me to have a heart attack. Um, and so since then, basically, it meant a total change in lifestyle and total change um, um, of how I sort of approach my, you know, exercise and also my diet as well. Um, I would say the major things I do, I, I, I exercise every day. And um, I have a, a lot more structure in what I eat, what when I eat it, and um, quantities as well. So, whereas before there was no structure at all. The the research, uh, Suki, suggests that um, people in the South Asian community are more likely to uh, underestimate their child's weight. I'm assuming that that's the, the community you're from. Uh, uh, is that true in your experience? Yes, I think so. I, I mean, things have sort of changed, but. Um, the in the uh, Asian community, one of the issues is that uh, obviously the type of food which is being eaten all the time um, is quite greasy, um, and um, it's not like um, they've looked at people look at you know the the, the type of ingredients they're using, with it, particularly using uh, purified uh, butter. You know the ghee, which is which is a, a real killer. You know, in 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 that um, uh, type of cooking. The other the other problem is that those who do um, try and make those changes, um, you got, got people who use olive oil. I mean, olive oil, if uh, it's you uh, consumed in its pure form, it's fine. But as soon as you start heating it up and, and using it, it's no good for you. So, you know, it, it does create a lot of challenges, but I, I think, that, you know, I do agree with the, what, what, is, what the research is saying. You know, that, is, that is true. It tends to be, I don't know if you've got kids, Suki, but it tends to be, if you've got fat kids, you've got fat parents. It, we pass down, you know, I'm quite slim, my wife's quite, quite slim, we've got slim kids. You, you pass down your own eating habits uh, and dietary habits to your kids, don't you? That's right, yeah, that's right. I mean, in, in my case, well, my, I... Uh, the my father was quite sort of heavy he was a big guy and um but everyone else in the house was okay mm. yeah but then we go uh, further further through the family you know my i got um cousins and brother um uncles who are quite big as well and aunties were big so it, there, there is that um hereditary side of it as well but um the the thing is that in um, the, the South Asian community, if someone is skinny, yeah, they'd look at it as um, 
Things are changing, but in, in the past, they used to look at it as some, you know, someone's unwell. Oh, now isn't that interesting? Because uh, I've got, um, uh, we, we've got Greek family, and it's kind of a similar thing on the continent. Yeah. Um, in in some of the those the, the community, the Greek and Italian communities, uh, where it, it's it's quite often, it's a loving mum who struggles to express her love except through food. That seems to be the only way yeah. they can uh, be able to show that they love their their kids primarily their sons, is yeah. by shoving food down their face. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of, one of the, one of the um, cultural things within our community, in the Sikh community particularly, is that we, we have, um, in the Sikh temples uh, across the whole world, anywhere in the world, anybody from any colour, creed or, or race is allowed to walk in and um, have free food. And, and a Sikhs generally um, also use that same sort of concept within their own families and in the home. Mm. So I'm part of an extended family network. I live with my mum. And um, whenever we have anybody come round our house, it, you know, that's what the sole focus is, you know. Should we be offended if they, if they leave yeah. without, having, without eating? Yeah. And, um, and this is how we also uh, extend our family network. Like, I, you know, when I have friends or uh, come in, you know, work colleagues come in, you know, they, you know, they have to eat, even if they're eating. They're, no, 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 no. So, so, you know, you've got to have something. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, that, that, is, that is also, I suppose, another... Uh, challenge as well. Suki, it's good to talk to you this morning. Thank you very much, Suki Wright from Hitchin. You, oh, Suki, how much do you weigh now? Uh, 17 stone. Hey, good lad. And how long did it take you to get all that weight off? Um, well, since 2011 up until now, I mean, I'm still grinding away at it. Brilliant. You, you, you keep grinding, Suki. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. Yeah. BBC Three Counties Radio. Any Texas? Yeah, a few. Well, from two, we're getting multiples from two people in particular. Um, John in Marsh Farm. No need to shower me, John. Uh, you only need a license to fly a drone with a camera if you're working commercially. Average Joe can do what he wants. Can fly to two thousand feet and within fifty meters of property. Told you. Yeah, but I was going to snoop on my neighbours with a camera. I said that would be illegal. Well, the snooping would be. Yeah. But that's not what you were saying was illegal, mate. You're, well, you're, you're backdating your story. No, you're you backdating gotta, your story. You've got to be careful where you fly. You're backdating you your story. You can't just willy-nilly. You're ba- what? Is what I'm saying. You just can't. But anyway, yeah, thanks for that, John. Pity about the shooting. Am I, am I allowed to say that um, a couple looks weird? Can I say this? there's a weird-looking couple? Show me. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't understand. This isn't a story. It's only a story because they are an unusual-looking couple. Little Anton Craft. Now, what's in... Oh, no. Little Anton Craft may only be four foot four. He's got loads of pulling power. (coughs) The powerlifting star, pound for pound, the world's strongest man, is proudly dating six foot three China Bell. Good for him. Anton, 52, from Denmark, Denmark, may wed his transgender beau. He said, she's yeah. so feminine. Transgender beau, surely that should be a bell. I think there still is. I'm not quite yeah, sure China. how far China. along the chine, China. The, the, the timeline they are. Yeah. China bell. 
That's the end of that. Right. So good for them. Any t- <laughs> It's just such a... I don't understand. The, the story is short white man, tall, uh, big black lady. That's the story, basically. And they should they just, just say... to show the picture. They should just yeah. say that. But they talk about <laughs> saying, oh, he's all man. Yeah, he's a man. He might be small, but, I mean, why is anyone surprised no, but that But pound he's... for pound, he's got short man syndrome. Well, SMS. Yeah. No, that's texts. Oh. No, short man syndrome is when they're overly aggressive. Well, he's, he's he's pound for pound the world's strongest man, Strong. and he stood he stood on a beach topless doing doing that. That's aggressive. That is aggressive. I was no, threatened it's, it's by um. Showing off. Told you I was threatened by by uh, what do we call them these days? Midgets. Short per, short person. A wee lad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you I was threatened uh, by one, and it turned out he died. Turned out he was actually a murderer. Yeah. He was famous as well, wasn't he? He was in the uh, Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah. Haunted slippers, eh? Oh, now, yeah, remind us of this story. What, what, what happened here with this? Uh, this, is, this is genuinely... You know, ghosts, aren't they weird? Because, you know, when I'm in the afterlife, I'll have better things to do than stand on stairs. You don't know. Well, they only... Have... I'm on the stairs, as if they've forgotten what they went up for. They, do you know what? You will do, because when you're a ghost, right, you'll have, like, PlayStation 5, and that's not even out here yet. Yeah. Well, you I'll get all that stuff, like PlayStation 5... Maybe even uh, Xbox Two. We just don't know. We just don't know what's going I won't on. We'll be in knocking about in corridors and on uh, stairs. M- MP6. We'll be listening to High Fidelity. I'll be pulling people's trousers down. Sorry. It'll just be funny. That'll be fun. Just, that'll just be carrying funny on like what you're doing in real life. But that'll be funny for a day, won't it? Nah, then you get on with ages. things. How would you have to go on a course to learn how to take your head off and carry it under your arm? Depends if it's been severed for you. Okay. I guess. Okay. Anyway, this widower believes he's been haunted Don't by Don't call dead... him a weirdoer. Widower. Aye. He claims he's been haunted by his dead wife a year and a half after she died. That'll do it. If it makes him feel better, fair enough. But I think this is nonsense. That would do it. Ted Wiseman claims his wife... Ted not-so-Wiseman. Or is he? Ted Thickman. Oh. He thinks Ted that... Ted Thick as... No. Pigman. Oh, don't. Yvonne, he, apparently... Ted Naiveman. Mm. Wishful thinking, man. I don't get it. That's how I prefer to say it. I don't get it. Anyway, he reckons his wife's still knocking about and complaining about... Ted Bumman. Uh, Ted what? You heard. He reckons his wife is still hanging around telling him off and telling him to stop sniffing and flicking his <laughs> fingers and kissing his teeth. Flicking his fingers? Yeah, he said, I don't know, he said flicking his fingers. What does that mean? Sniffing and flicking his fingers. Why is he sniffing them? And then what's he trying to flick off of them? He sounds annoying. If I died, I wouldn't go back to him. No, you wouldn't be telling him off. You'd go and do something else. No, in heaven, once you've you've got tired of um, PlayStation 5, you can go and make love to Elvis. You've got to put your name down on the list, but you can go and make love to whomever you wish. I might go and um, uh, make love to uh, uh, Marilyn. Manson. Known as the original good time had by all. Oh, mate, come on. A little bit of respect. Someone did call her that. Yeah, I know, but still. Mr Wiseman said, Yvonne was the gaffer, so I'm not surprised she's still bossing me around from beyond the grave. Isn't it funny? You can... um, (laughs) Dealey's just tweeting me, you won't be able to handle this ev, mate. (laughs) Isn't it funny the rubbish you can get in the newspapers with these days? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M North.
southbound has been blocked by an accident between Junction 6 for Welland Garden City and 7 for Stevenage. It's causing long queues and it's also causing delays southbound on the A1M from Junction 7 for Stevenage to 6 for Welland Garden City while people slow down to look. On the M1 southbound, it's looking very slow from Junction 11 for Dunstable towards Luton Airport. And in Markgate, the A5 southbound is also looking slow towards the M1 from Lynch Hill. On the M40 towards London, it's very slow around Junction 4 for the Highway Come Handy Cross Roundabout. We're looking at the train departure boards and Thameslink are saying they're back to normal now between St Albans and Orpington after the problems earlier on with a broken down train. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. half past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a pilot from Luton says the airline industry failed Andreas Lubitz, who crashed his plane into the Alps. Captain Chris McGee says more should be done to give the right support to pilots under pressure. Campaigning for the general election is now officially underway. David Cameron will visit the Queen this morning to mark the end of the five-year coalition. And many parents fail to recognise their child is overweight until they hit extreme levels of obesity. A new study says almost a third underestimate their son or daughter's BMI. The weather will be bright and chilly at first, but turning cloudy with rain this afternoon. Top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sebastian Vettel got his first victory for Ferrari at the Malaysian Grand Prix. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton came second with his Mercedes teammate Nico Rosberg in third. The fist comes out from the cockpit of the Ferrari of Sebastian Vettel. A historic win for Vettel. His third in Malaysia, the 40th of his career. He's turned the tables on Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton and he's brought this Formula One World Championship to life. On to football and Stevenage are away to Burton in League Two this evening. The Borough are pushing for a playoff place and skipper Ronnie Henry says it's difficult not to look at how other teams around them are doing. Yeah, of course. I mean, people say they don't look at the table, but I think they're lying, aren't they? they uh, it's always... You can't resist really looking at the table, but we've, we've put ourselves in a, in a good position a lot over the last month or so, haven't we? So mm. we're, um, we're, we're positive we can get in there. And we need to... Not look too far ahead, like you said, we just need to look at Monday's game. Luton Town were beaten 2-1 away at Northampton, their sixth defeat in a row. Despite their bad form, midfielder Alex Lawless says the players haven't lost their ambition. Our aim all along was for promotion, um, and it still is. Um, and we, we will never give up on that. And, and hopefully we can we can bring that to the fans. You know, they, you know, they, they've been the support they've given us this season has has just been. It's, it's unreal and the, the lads really want to repay that. Meanwhile, Wickham Wanderers are now seven points clear in the third place automatic promotion position after their win at Dagenham. And finally, in Rugby Union, the Bedford Blues were defeated by 38 points to 14 away to Bristol in the Championship. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 8 o'clock. <laughs> Song calling me down the road is where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow I wanna settle down. Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on down this road. 
that never seems to end When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's hobo style Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my own of children are so confused about fish. Now, there's a strange start to a sentence. <laughs> a quarter of children are so confused about fish that they think Haddock is a Premier League footballer. I don't um, even know what that sentence means. <laughs> what? And one in ten, which isn't many at all, yeah. think that fish, the fish they eat is grown in the supermarket or caught in a garden pond. This is weird. Well, they're half right. Sorry? Well... Well, no, they're, they're wrong. It's it's not grown yeah, in the supermarket under, under, or, or caught in the garden. Yeah, but pond. they understand that it's swimming in a in water. I mean, how old are these kids? If they asked our kids, obviously they would know stuff, but then they're very, very advanced. How old are these kids? You know what, it doesn't say. And if you ask my kid on the wrong day, she'll give you an answer that um, just she plucks out of the air. Well, uh, excuse me, a third of youngsters did not recognise a cooked salmon fillet. Oh, how middle class is that? <laughs> I would. They're pink, aren't they? Yeah. With grey on the top. Yeah. OK. Or on the bottom. With some thinking it was a pork chop or a beefsteak. Oh, no, come on. While 44% did not know what sea bass was. Oh, the horror. This is the one... What is this? Is this research from Waitrose? Um, the study this is Asda. The yeah. study of one thousand parents and one thousand children found one in five adults, not that many, mm. admit they avoid bringing fish home as they have no idea how to cook it. One in ten say they hate touching raw fish, especially if it <laughs> is whole with the head still on it. Well, no one likes touching raw food, do they? Like meeting that. Indeed, fish is nowhere to be seen on the list of dishes we think are easiest to cook. Okay. So the uh, list of easy foods are pasta, yeah, chicken. Yeah, I don't know how to cook a chicken. Mm -hmm. Just just roast it. Well, you can do so many things with a chicken. Potato, vegetable, and rice. 
Uh, what is broiling boiling? Not quite. If I were to broil a chicken... <laughs> You're right. A bit emotional. If I were to broil a chicken or broil some hot dogs, frankenfurters, would, that's just boiling them. I don't think it is. Well, what is it then? I think it's a shallower thing. I'm not sure. But yes, they're still in boiling water and they're cooking. I don't know whether they're in it or above it. Doesn't... It doesn't... Can some... Are there... 08459 I think you just... I think Why to... are you asking me? Just because my surname's Boyle. I don't know about every cooking technique that sounds like because my name. you've been to America <laughs> and you've eaten there. I've been and I would never eat there. Uh, surely bro... I think... Well, I, I don't know what broil is. OK. Is it like Brolin, James Brolin? Mm. He's probably done it. Yeah, I bet he has. He looks the sort. I bet he's he? not done this. Oh, she's done a link, guys. She's done a link. Louts caught weeing in the street oh, geez, can choose to clean up other people's pee to avoid prosecution. They can opt to spend several hours scrubbing town alleys instead of a £400 fine and facing a court case. Town alley used to be my nickname at school. Seven male offenders have joined the pioneering scheme since its launch in Eastleigh, Hampshire, in December. Hang on a minute, you can go to prison for doing a wee? No, you can go to court and be fined 400 quid. Oh. Or you can scrub the alley down and think about what you've done. Scrub this, Guess Your Honour. Guess what? Women, women would rather just pay. And those that say, oh, women don't go in the street, yes, they do. Drop and squat. I've seen them do it. Yeah, it's I've one of it the well. most... Honestly, if anything were to turn me off women... Uh, it's it's watching a drunk woman doing a pee in an alleyway or a car park. In a bush? Uh, a half past one in the morning. Disgusting. I, it, it Honestly, it is flipping or It makes me wish, makes me beg to be gay because I just don't <laughs> want to go anywhere near someone that we could do that. But men do it. So you no, we don't do to... the drop and squat. We don't hoik up our skirts, <laughs> pull down our knickers, and then squat in a car park and go, don't look! Don't look! Oh, don't look! We don't do that. That is disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourselves. You kiss your mother with that mouth? Yes, my mouth has not been anywhere near a car park. No, I know, but I, I didn't want to talk about the other bit. <laughs> no, I don't all right, here's another one. Page 15 of the sun. Listen, can I just can I just clear up something? Oh. We are now in election territory. Yes. An email has gone round from Tony Hall, um, uh, which ended up with him getting threats, um, saying we've got to be really careful about what we say. Yes. So, can I say Sam Cam looks really hot in this picture? As long as you say that the other and wives do too. And you should vote too. for her. I'm joking. So I got to say Nick the other. Legg's wife is also an attractive woman and very. He was on the radio the other day. She's proper Spanish. Mm -hmm. She is all oh, that Spanish. She's speaking isn't like it? this. She's speaking like this, and I'm going to make love to you. What I want to you. I want to you. I want to make love to you. <laughs> what we are going to do is have some uh, some food, and then I'm going to make love to you. I'm going to eat a banana. Oh, you gone Scarface? No, I want to say a lot to my little friend. <laughs> I'm going to eat a banana, and then I'm going to make love to you, Nick Click. <laughs> Wow. You are Nick Click and I'm Mrs. Click and we are going to make love <laughs> tonight. So make sure you bring the Finder's crispy pancake for supper. And then we eat that pancake and then we make love. She prefers croquetas. I want croquetas from Nick Click. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Honestly, <laughs> those acting workshops you went on as a kid really they, did pay off, didn't they? They pay off. And they paid off. One day you'd be pretending to be Miriam. <laughs> I really paid Very off. convincingly. Churchgoers want a share of a pastor's £7 million lotto win. Whoa. Say it properly. Pastor. A pastor. A pastor. A pastor. A pastor. A pastor. It's a pastor. No, it's a pastor. A tisket, a tasket, it's a pastor. It's a pastor. You say it, pastor. Let's ask Kelly Betts, our pronunciation expert. Pastor. Thank you. It's a pastor. E. After he bought the ticket with their collection cash, oh. Bruto, Bruno Monteiro, who had been preaching about betting being a sin, won Brazil's notional lottery. I think they mean national. All the sun. Check your spelling. Last month, saying that God had revealed the winning numbers in a dream. Some of the 400-strong congregation began legal action after he quit their church near Rio. Do you know why? Do you know why? Do you know why? They claim he used the collection money to buy the ticket. I know, wasn't that the point of the story? If I'm honest, I wasn't yeah, quite Yeah, but listening. they didn't put that in the sun. It's a good I job was, I read the other papers. I was, th I was imagining myself at a boozy do, uh, um, number 10, and I'm, I've come off the wagon for this boozy do. Oh, gosh. And um, it's Sam Cam and um, uh, Miriam. Miriam are there, and um, I've just gone to get my coat. Mrs from Miliband as well. Nah. No, no, no. She, she, all right, she's, she's okay, there. Yeah, she's, she's holding the and door. And Mrs Farage. I'm at my wits' end. And I've gone to get my coat. All the coats are in oh, Sam no. Cam's bedroom. Do we need to do this on here? They're all in the bed, isn't it? And I'm rifling through trying to find my coat. And then Sam Cam says, can I help you with something? And I said, no, I'm just trying to find my coat. And Miriam goes, I'm going to help you find your coat. And then all three of us are going to make love like never been made before. Well, oh. we've all got to have a dream. Isn't it? Um, where was the last... Uh, where have you done a wee? Uh, Scott has tweeted, I weed on the street this morning. I didn't want to go at home in case I woke the baby. <laughs> Why is the baby sleeping in the toilet? Tim says, I spent my young, drunken years in Eastleigh and frequented many of its alleyways. I'd take the 400 quid. Yeah. Where, yeah. where, have, you, where have you been uh, for a wee? 08459 Duke of Edinburgh's award. Someone's back garden. Sorry? I don't think... My, what, what, is that bronze? What? Yeah, no, silver. What, we were staying silver, in a farmer's it? field. It was kind of his back garden. Well, a field isn't the same as a well, back garden, Well, it was mate. his back garden, and um, I went in his hedge, but I didn't think on because it was one of these sort of... Con they were quite close trees. Oh, yeah. And I got um, bounced back. Oh, I had I, to streak back to the tent. I weed on my boy's arm yesterday. What? We were having a wee-wee race. It's the only way you can get up to do it sometimes, after seeing this god-awful um, SpongeBob, and um, it, 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 it splashed on his arm. A Brit has been hailed singer Neil Diamond's greatest fan. Wow, Brit, a Brit. God, so proud. After spending a quarter of a million pounds on his idol says the man who's just put a $500 bid on an LP on eBay. Ian Graham, 60, has seen... By the way, still couldn't get tickets to see Neil Diamond, who obviously hates disabled people. Oh, because he doesn't do uh, venues with wheelchairs. Well, he does venues with wheelchairs, but not enough. OK. They sell out too quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's not that he hates them, he just he dislikes them. He hates them. Ian Graham, 60, has seen him in concerts across the world and will notch up his 230th since 1971 at Blackpool in July. Oh. The married ex-cop named his four cats after Diamond songs. I'd love to know what those cats are called. 
Uh, Rosie. Sweet Caroline. Jean. And uh, the pot song. Have you heard that song? No, what does it go like? La, 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 pot, pot, give me some pot. It's, it's like an anti. Mean? It's like an anti-drug song. Oh, but it pro ceramics. It makes you yeah. Among his memorabilia are tour shirts, cardboard cutouts, fifteen hundred singles, hundreds of albums, and signed plectrums. Ian of Sutton, South London, said, "I just love everything about Neil. I've been lucky to meet him several times. On stage, he's a great flamboyant character. Yeah, I know he's Neil Diamond. He's doing a show. That's, it's the act, isn't it?" Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1N northbound has long delays from Junction 6 Welling Garden City to 7 for Stevenage because of a two-vehicle accident. It's also slow in the opposite direction as people slow down to look. The northbound carriageway has now, it was closed earlier, but it has now reopened, but it's just looking really, really slow at the moment. On the M25 clockwise, though, that has been blocked between Junction 16 for the M40 and 17 for Maple Cross while it was because of a broken-down car. And the M40 towards London's very slow round junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross roundabout. Having a look at the speed sensors in North Watford, the A41 is very slow westbound between St Albans Road and around the Dome roundabout. No reports of any problems though on the trains at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. 7.46, it's Monday the 30th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A pilot from Luton says the airline industry failed Andreas Lubitz, who crashed his plane into the Alps. The general election campaign officially gets underway this morning and a new study says many parents can't tell if their children are becoming obese. Here's the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's quite a bright start this morning. There is some cloud around, but it's fairly high. We can see some brightness beneath it. One or two spots of rain in that, but it is predominantly dry for this morning. Temperatures around four or five Celsius at the moment. Now, as we head further through the day, the cloud is going to increase from the west and the wind is really going to pick up. It's going to become very blustery throughout the latter stages of the afternoon and into the evening. Now, in the meantime, the temperature is likely to get up to around 11, maybe even 12 Celsius as we head through the afternoon. Now, as I said the wind picks up this evening becoming quite strong through the first part a band of rain moves through but then it fragments a little and becomes more showery post midnight so some blustery showers as we head through the remainder of the night but those things combined mean the temperatures not dropping down too far reasonably mild night in the countryside at seven probably saying around eight or nine in towns and cities so for tomorrow some sunny spells really squally showers around tomorrow some quite fierce ones in there we could get a bit of hail as well but we are hanging on to the wind the maximum temperature for Tuesday, 11 Celsius. Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. Uh, I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £578. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08. 
08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Huh? I miss Justin. We'll get we'll get him up in a minute. Yeah. Let's talk about ghosts. Remind us of the ghost story. It was it was um, in the mirror, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in the mirror and also a bit in the mail. I don't know where it is in the mail, though. Mirror. There we go. You want the, the mirror, you want page 13. Yeah. Get in there. Of Get in there, girl. Of course it's page 13. <laughs> Why did we not notice this? If ghosts were real, we'd see them now. Yeah. Because they'll be like radio geeks that would come and watch. Yeah. Or may, maybe they won't come and watch us, but they'd go and watch Chris Evans. Yeah. So it's obviously nonsense. Mm-hmm. They would have made contact, wouldn't they? they? Of course they would have made contact. Oh, but they have made contact. How? Well, when my mum died, uh, there was a white feather six months later. Yeah, someone's told my kids about that one, about the white feather thing. <clears throat> yeah. What it is, is um, the cushions in the living room are um, ejecting feathers. Haunted cushions. Yeah. Haunted cushions. Haunted cushions, Just. Oh, do you know what, boss? I'm a little bit scared this morning, I'll be honest with you. What, why? Did, did you get um, a proposition by a prostitute again? No, no, no? not this time. Something okay. far scarier than that. Um, Wowzers. Evidence which I'm still puzzled by, to be quite frank with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let, Catherine's going to remind us of this terrifying yeah. story. Yeah. OK. A spooked oh. husband claims he put his foot in it when he let a clairvoyant contact his dead wife, who then told him... You're wearing my slippers. Take them off now. Ted Wiseman, 79, believes he's being scolded. Ted, not so Wiseman. <laughs> believes, Ted Bumman. Uh, believes he's been scolded from beyond the grave by Yvonne, who died last May at the age now, of 64 after suffering a stroke. Scolded or scolded? Scolded. What, burnt? No, scolded. Thank you. Not scolded. You said scolded. No, scolded. You, well, you're saying scolded now. No, because now. I don't say scold like you do. Don't say so what? I, scold. Scold, uh, like old, and scold are different. So is, did he get burnt or told off? Told off. So he got scolded? He got scolded. Again, you say, you're, you're like those people that say um, uh, bold. No, I'm not. When you mean no, bold. No, because, uh, because the way I speak makes it clearer. Bald and bold. So is this fella bold or bold? Was he brave <laughs> or hairless? Uh, he is uh, neither. OK. He's been told off. Really taking He's this been off? scolded. Told off for being burnt. <laughs> really? That's outrageous. I mean, did, what, was it an accident? Or was it deliberate? We just don't there's know. No, there's no hot water involved in this at all, apart from the hot water you're about to be in. OK. Because you're mocking uh, the supernatural. Okay. And as yeah. Justin will tell you, it's not to be messed with. He yes. got told off by a ghost for wearing burning slippers. And she told him off for sniffing and for flicking his fingers. <laughs> What's he... Sn- why would you... Is he sniffing his fingers and then flicking them to try and get the scent off them? What is this unholy scent this woman is raining down on her husband? Who's all, <laughs> let's be honest, he's having a tough time. Yeah. He's been burned by boiling water. <laughs> Justin, you've taken this to the streets, mate. Yeah, I have. I've got no idea why, but... <sighs> Well, terrifying evidence, and yep. uh, every single time you send me out on these stories, I come back with the goods, and still, still, you are yet to believe. Yes, you mate. are scared to believe. I don't know why. Just, Not, no. Yeah, you are. No. You he are. wants to believe, but he okay. can't believe. So The, the truth tr- is out there, Justin. No, the truth is out you there. You haven't found it yet. You're about to hear some truths here, uh, because uh, two people's stories coming up here. Items. So we're talking about items. Haunted items. Haunted oh, items. There, there's the, by the way, there's the phone, and what, what, what item is haunted in yeah. your 
your life. Okay. okay. Yeah, you, oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Thank you. You've got to tell me this. You've yeah. got to say to me that you're ready. Are you ready for the evidence about haunted items? Are you ready? Come on. When you say evidence, yep. do you mean um, a, a drug addict and a lunatic no. that you've approached in the streets? No. No? I mean normal people. Wow. I'm... Average people like you and me. Well, well I'm not no. average, mate. Yeah, okay. I'm ready Pure for the public. evidence. Hit play. Now, Sarah, it doesn't involve slippers, but uh, this involves a Liverpool kit, which your father bought for you. Tell us what happened to this kit, sir. Well, I've got it hanging on um, my wall, and basically it um, started to move by itself. And I, um, I said to my wife, I said, did you just see that? And she said, saw what? I said, my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. And when was this, sir? About two, three weeks ago. And, um, sorry to get personal, but uh, when did your father pass away? Over ten years ago. OK, so has, has anything else happened to you? W what else has happened? I've seen a couple of things moving about in, in my place. Again, was that your dad who gave you those items or, or other people? Other people. It's like good mates, um, a good friend of mine. So but, what did he give you? It's like, um, it's like books and things like that. So books have started moving? Yeah. On shelves, randomly. Yeah. You're not winding me up? No, seriously. 100% seriously. It must be quite scary. I mean, people may be laughing at this, but, but you've seen this. It must be quite scary. It is very scary. OK, um, let's leave it there. Thanks very much. OK, thank really you. Really appreciate your time, so have a good day. OK, thank you. Bye-bye. Madam, this is incredible. So you had a picture of a man that you, you dearly cared about. It was um, after his death you put that picture up on the mantelpiece. And you're honestly telling me right now that picture has just vanished. I can't find it, so... Who knows? So it just one day completely disappeared? I can't, I can't find it. I can't find it. That is extraordinary. That's creepy, isn't it? And I felt, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? I don't know what you call it. Uh, when something, you know, like touches you or something, yeah. I have felt that. So the picture's gone missing picture and he was touching you as well? Not touching me. I suppose spirit? I don't know. I don't know. You know? You well, know, and I love it. thanks for being honest on the streets this morning. Appreciate it. Take care. No, that's all right. Yeah. Thank you. Justin, sorry, I, sorry about that, mate. Mm. I think we played the wrong audio. You said you had some normal people talking. Yes, normal people with Where normal stories. Where is that? I can't see that Those on the two computer. people there, what more do you want? Seriously, every single time I right. come back with the goods for you, you right. explain that. Somebody okay. who he really cared about, okay, his father bought him the Liverpool kit. It started randomly moving. That's a haunted item. Okay. Uh, his other friends who gave him books, okay? Yeah. Those people passed on. They I weren't moving before. Kids just moving by itself. So what happened, sir? I said, my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. What did you say? I said, my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. Sorry, what did you say? I said, my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. Wow. You make me sick. OK. And then that woman got, um, she got the willies. Literally, it sounds like. Yes, uh, she did. Again, a very good friend of hers. Uh, the, the, the picture of the man, uh, it was his picture. She got that. She put it on the mantelpiece. One day she went into the living room. It's disappeared. She can't find it. You explain that. Come on, explain that to me. Sorry, sir, what did you say? I said, my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. <laughs> OK, well, uh, that, 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 thank you very much. OK, thank you. Bye-bye. There we go. Uh, <laughs> You're so cruel. Ian, You're so cruel. Ian has tweeted, and Ian, Ian has got to be. I, Ian Gervin, I've no idea who this gentleman is, but he, when he's on form, he's on form. Mm. I always get scared when, when the wind blows my clothes around. He must poo himself hanging the washing out. <laughs> <laughs> I said, my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. Well, thank you, sir. OK, thank you. Bye-bye. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Justin, what are, we, what are you doing in the next hour? Oh, do you want more evidence? Yeah, yeah, I do actually, mate. Yeah, that was gold. That was golden. Anything else you want? I mean, we, we could talk about um, how you uh, how you were sacked. You were talking about that earlier on. I know you're not too bothered about fat kids, but I, I know that the the job one's quite niche. But I think we could come up with some interesting oh, stories. I think Dermot O'Leary, he found out he'd lost his job um, by going onto the Sun website, yeah. and as soon as he saw that, he then sent out a tweet going. Oh, I've decided to step down from the X Factor. <laughs> I've decided I'm going to step down from the X. No, you didn't, mate. You were told you were going. It's happened to all of us. It's yeah, how it works for this business. Yeah, of course, yeah. You don't get your contract renewed. That's the business. Yeah, I found out that I'd lost a show I was doing when I spoke to my producer and she'd been out for dinner with the new presenter on the Friday before. Oh, <laughs> Dealey, how did you find out you'd lost Saturday afternoons? Uh, how did I find out I'd lost. What? I haven't. Oh. Awkwado. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, thank you, Justin. Excellent stuff. We'll speak to you uh, a little... Sorry, sir. What What did you say? I said my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What if you had moved by itself? Call I said my Liverpool kit's just, just said... moving by itself. Okay. What did he say? I said my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. Okay, we, do we've... Uh, do, well, that's that's uh, Miss Anglis. What's Miss Anglis? Okay, I think we finished with okay, that. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. There we go. Nearly enough. Nearly enough. Nearly enough clips that uh, we don't need to turn up ever again. <laughs> um, what else you got in the papers? Anything? Uh, what else were we talking about? I can't remember. Oh, I tell you what, there's Prince Charles. There's a weird picture of Prince Charles. It's in the mail, which I yeah. think you've got there, page 13. Right, yeah, yeah. Of him... Um, what, <sighs> He's laughing about something. He's laughing at sheep. Oh. Are they sheep? Yeah. It's not unusual for the royal family to be seen at Ascot cheering on magnificent beasts and their riders. And no, we're not talking about the tarty Newcastle women that go there. That was quite clever, wasn't it? I enjoyed that. Satire. Slightly... Harsh, mm. but fair. They're not all from Newcastle. Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall found themselves watching a rather different bunch of competitors yesterday. The royal couple were pictured laughing in the blustering winds as a herd of sheep jumped fences at the Prince's countryside fund race day. What's brilliant, right... Is Prince Charles, he's peeing himself at this, this sheep. They've got clothes on and they're, they're doing like a little horse race, but it's sheep. Yeah. What would have been funny? Oh, no, they have got teddy bears tied to their backs. And he thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. But look, look at the big fella. Look at Alf Roberts there. Yeah. The big lad who's, who's next to him. He can't believe it. And it, it, for once, all attention is on the sheep, not on the royal family. Prince Charles has never seen anything so funny. Mind you, he finds the goons funny, doesn't he? The goon show. Oh, yes. Which, as we all know, is, is, is actually awful. Well, it was funny in its time, wasn't no, it? No, I don't think the goons were ever funny. The silly voices in that. <laughs> yeah, but what was comedy before them? That's all the goons was. Rubbish. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there are delays from Junction 16 for the M40 to 17 for Maple Cross because of a breakdown. It did close the carriageway over, but that did shortly reopen. It's still really slow, though. The A1M northbound has delays between Junction 6 for Welling Garden City and 7 for Stevenage because of an accident. It's also really slow southbound through that stretch because of people having a look over with uh, queues back from Junction 8 for Hitchin. And looking at the a1 southbound on the speed sensors. It's busy from St. Neitz Junction to the Black Cat Roundabouts. Samantha Bruff, BBC 
Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Do you know Miserable Jamie who phones up? Yeah, Grumpy Jamie. He sent a really creepy um, uh, sexual tweet to Kelly Betts. I'm wondering if we need to flag it up or... Oh, dear. I'll, I'll read it after the news. It's really unpleasant. Vocal and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a Luton pilot says depression shouldn't stop people working for airlines. The general election campaign officially begins and parents unable to tell if their children are obese. BBC Three Counties Radio. A pilot from Luton says it's not wrong to let depressed people fly planes if they get the right treatment. It's been reported that Andreas Lubitz suffered from mental health issues before he crashed an airline into the Alps. Captain Chris McGee says the industry needs to examine where it went wrong. As pilots, our culture, and so it should be, is to strive for perfection. And anything that doesn't achieve that level is seen to be faulty. Ultimately, this young guy was part of our pilot community and we failed him in some way, or the system failed him in some way, which led to this this horrific disaster. The general election campaign is now officially underway. Parliament was dissolved shortly after midnight. Ross Hawkins is in Downing Street. The Conservatives will say, don't vote Labour because you could face £3,000 tax rises per working family. Labour will say, don't vote for the Conservatives. We'll have a big confused debate and referendum about Europe running alongside a Conservative leadership campaign. And it will be chaos. You get a sense of the sort of election we'll have. And on all sides, they know they're looking at what is political. Politically, a very different country with the rise of UKIP, the rise suggested in the polls of the SNP. No one is quite sure what will happen. Research suggests many parents fail to recognise their child is overweight until they hit extreme levels of obesity. A study has found that almost a third underestimate their son or daughter's body mass index. Paul Gately, who's a professor of exercise and obesity, says parents are in denial. People don't want to talk about it. It upsets parents, it upsets children, it upsets health professionals. And then the other side is that often you hear within stories of, of obesity the, the question about, well, we can't mention it too much because children will just go the other way. An inquiry is taking place into reports that private financial information about many thousands of people is being sold to fraudsters and telephone sales firms. It's feared the information will be used to scam pensioners as new rules come into force, giving them greater freedom over their money. The Information Commissioner, Christopher Graham, says the allegations are serious. I think it's very serious and uh, we've immediately launched an investigation. We're in touch with the pensions regulator, the Financial Conduct Authority and the police because this looks like a very serious breach of the Data Protection Act. If it's a breach of the Data Protection Act, then the companies involved are facing serious civil monetary penalties of up to half a million pounds. If we establish that it's criminal activity by individuals, then they're in, in deep trouble too. In sport, Sebastian Vettel took his first victory for Ferrari at the Malaysian Grand Prix. And the weather will be bright and chilly at first, but turning cloudy with rain this afternoon. Top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning. In Lee BBC Three Counties Radio. 
are we talking about, Catherine? Fat children and whether you know if your child is too big. Oh, okay. Apparently a third of uh, parents don't recognise it until it's medically uh, an obesity problem. Uh. Uh, we're also talking about... Um, we've been talking a little bit about the speculation surrounding Andreas Lubick. Uh, it, 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 do you know what? That story makes me so uncomfortable yeah. to, be, to be a part of because it's all guesswork and conjecture. Nobody knows what that sick note said. Nobody knows what they, the, the police found. Nobody knows what was going on in his head. And to say, oh, he was depressed, so um, that, that must be the reason. Well, I think are, it, it stigmatises yeah, people. Yeah, and there are plenty of people who deal with depression and manage to uh, hold down really responsible jobs, and we shouldn't be making them feel bad about no. it. No. It's the last thing that they need. Haunted. Uh, what's haunted in your house? We've uh, we had one gentleman. What did you say, sir? I said, my Liverpool kid's just moving by itself. OK, thank okay, you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Um, what is haunted in your house, please? It, maybe it's the remote control. My DVD, remote control, is haunted. Is it? I can never find it. Haven't been able to find it for three months. Boom, it turned up at the weekend. What does that mean? Where was it? Well, it just turned up in front of the TV. And I'd, I had turned that house, not upside down, but I'd had a blooming good look for it. Couldn't find it. What's haunted in your house? 08459 455 555. Call me now. We done? I think they'll do, don't you? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll do some texts in a minute. I want to do... Uh... We'll speak to uh, to uh, John, first of all. On Friday's show, we uh, spoke to John Ward, who's the son of May Ward. She was 100 years old and she died after she fell out of a sling at the Meppershaw Care Home in Bedfordshire five years ago. Sling makes it sound horrific. They use them a lot in care homes and hospitals. Uh, if people are unable to get in and out of bed or in and out of baths or showers or on the toilet and stuff, they, they, they kind of put them in these hoists. Uh, and they move uh, people around. Well, Mohammed Zarouk and his company that run the facility have been ordered to pay £336,000 in fines and costs. John joins me now. Morning, John. Good morning, Ian. Um, when we spoke to you on Friday, you weren't expecting a lot to come out of the verdict. He's been uh, fined. Quite a bit of money. What are your thoughts on it? We are amazed, actually. Um, health and safety and ourselves, our family... We're amazed with the, uh, the the way the judge assessed it all, and um, we, we we it could have been any any sum of money, um, from five thousand to a pound, you know, but for three hundred and thirty six thousand pounds, I think it sets a principle on the whole case um, as to how serious it was. Did you you, you must have got the oh, you must have, I, I make up you got the the, the feeling that the judge um, was obviously taking this very seriously, but but was on your side. Definitely. I mean, he'd, he'd obviously read the whole case very, very clearly, and um, and the way he expressed himself at the end that my mother had been through uh, two two main wars, um, lived in a public house with all smoke and everything, and then when it came to being looked after in a care home and when she needed it the most, it wasn't there. And it was it was. I, I don't particularly want you to go over it again because I'm sure it must be quite upsetting, even though it was five years ago. But. Um... Basically, she was hoisted up a few feet in the air. The people who were using the hoist didn't know how to do it. She fell out and um, she died shortly after because of her injuries, primarily to her head. That, that's that's yes, a pretty that's fair right. summary of it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, she, she fell on her head and had a fractured skull plus numerous other injuries. Um, and it was it was sheer neglect on, on the part of the two carers, which, fortunately, unfortunately... Um, left the country as well and went back to their own countries. Um, you, you were in court, were you, on Friday, John? 
Yes, yes. Uh, uh, let me just play this. This was Mr Zarouk as he left the court. Have a listen to this. Mr Zarouk, will you say sorry to the family? I already said sorry to the family. How do you feel about the death of Maywall? Well, I feel sorry. And I said no comments, thank you. Are you... How do you feel about the fine? Significant fine? No comments. Didn't sound particularly sorry there, John, did he? What's your view of Mr Zarouk now? That is quite amazing that even up to that point, he's still lying. Um, He has never apologised to myself or my family uh, once, not once has he apologised. And this is what uh, the barristers were saying, that he was amazed that there was no apology brought over after the case or before him. And that's the thing, on a legal kind of aspect, if if someone apologises... Uh, I'm being completely cold now, so I apologise. If someone apologises, they're accepting responsibility, aren't they? And they're they're saying, it was my fault. But you would think at this late stage... That uh, the, the Mister, you know, he he knows that he's lost. That he 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 might be able to offer some form of of apology. Well, that's right. I mean, he pleaded guilty anyway. Yeah. So so really, is it that hard to just turn around and apologise? I, I I can't understand the man. Um, and this is what we've had to put up with for four and a half years. £336,000 in in, uh, fines and costs. You did suggest, and I don't know Mr Zarouk's financial status, you did suggest on Friday that he had wound down a lot of his businesses. Is is he ever going to be able to pay that money, in your opinion? Yes, because um, although GA, which was his company, um, that had been wound down, um, he also had another care home, which apparently last Monday he just sold um, for a million pounds. Oh, um, but Mr Zarouk is a wealthy, wealthy man, apparently. And that's where the judge looked at it. Um, being that he's a director of the company, he should take responsibility. How do you feel now, John? Can you put a full stop to, yeah, to this story now? Yeah, it's a, it's a great relief for, for my family. After four and a half years, we've had to, to fight to, uh, to get some justice, really. And, and I'd like to thank Health and Safety... Um, for all their work, uh, Care and Quality Commission have dealt with most of it as well. But you know, at the end of the day, they've got all their money back that they paid out for the case, um, and we hope that we can move on now, which we will do, and that it's it's brought to light the case. Care homes should realise that this sort of thing should never ever happen. You've done your mum proud, John. Well done. I think she'll be looking down and we'll be a lot happier now that we actually nailed him. <laughs> Good work, John. Well done. Indeed. Thank you very much for speaking to us. What a, what a top bloke. What a top bloke. How, when was the last time you heard someone thanking health and safety? You never hear anyone... <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. You never hear anybody no. thanking health and safety. That's what they're there for. All this oh, ooh, health and safety nonsense, that's what they're there for. Forget this stuff about you can't have nine-year-olds playing conkers. That's all nonsense made up by the Daily Mail. That's what they're there for. And isn't it nice to, to, to hear someone say, do you know what, yeah, I think that's it now. I think that's the end. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Well done. What, what a top bloke. Thank you, John. Glad we got you back on today. Uh, any Texas? Yeah, we have. A broil means grill in America, apparently. No, 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 no. Well, Crystal and Lee are both saying it the same uh, in different texts. Crystal so. and Lee? Weren't they a singing uh, sensation? Peters and Lee. What was the joke? Uh, Peters and Lee split up. Peters, Peters um, went and had a good career and Lee walked into a tree. 
Wasn't that the joke? <laughs> what? A joke? Yeah, it was the 70s. It was the 70s for wow. you guys. Gosh. That was the 70s. Good one. Good one. That was the 70s. That's a mean joke. It's a horrible joke. I'm just, I'm just, it's horrible. I'm just highlighting what the olden days were like. It was okay then. It was okay to tell stuff. Boy, some of the jokes that I can't even tell. I know. Flip it, Nick. If yeah. you want to think of them now by yourselves. <laughs> honestly, the, honestly, I tell you what, I'm thinking this about the 70s a lot because I've been I've, on Net, uh, uh, Amazon. I found lots of old Nick Brumfield, the documentary. Oh, there's a Nick Brumfield film on Sky Atlantic tonight, a new Is documentary. There? Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, so I'm going to take that. Didn't Louis Theroux do a one as well over the weekend? I need to catch up ah, with I've that. I've gone off Louis Theroux. No, Nick, like Nick, Nick Brumfield is the original John Ronson, and the original, who was the original Louis Theroux. Yeah. Um, but, so I've been watching loads of Nick Brumfields that I'd not seen before from the 70s. And the 70s were flipping horrible. I mean, really, the 90s looks like the 80s. The 80s looks really smoky, and it's like the 70s. And the 70s were grim. And orange. Oh, just disgusting. Orangey, yellowy, brown. Oh, a terrible place. Speaking of which... Hello. Um, uh, Pat says he goes to the loo in the toilet. Is that normal after having listened to your show? But he also talks about... Um... <laughs> what? Imagine the captain of a plane announcing he has depression, but don't worry, he says, I'm on medication. Would anyone rush to get on that plane? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a discount? Just that would make me even more attractive. But yeah, of course I would. Sorry, so this gentleman wants. Sorry, so what did you say? I said my Liverpool kid's just moving by itself. Okay, we've got to move on. Okay, I, wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel safe with him driving the plane. No. <laughs> no, and I wouldn't feel safe with anyone that calls it driving the plane either. <laughs> <laughs> John in Marsh Farm. Yes, if someone with depression said, I'm on, I've got depression, but don't worry, I'm on Citalopram or whatever it may be, uh, I would feel more than happy with them flying the plane. Yes, next. Yeah. Next one is about fat children. I realised my young son was obese one night when we heard an almighty thud and found that the slats beneath his mattress had all given way. That'll do it. That'll do it. Apparently a third of parents don't recognise that their children are overweight until they're actually medically Stuck obese. in the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it. They don't recognise it because they're fat parents. You've got a fat kid, you're going to have a fat parent, probably at least the fat mum. It's portion sizes as well, isn't it? Because I often look at my, the, the dinners I give my children and I, I tend to feed them on a side plate. Yeah, you give them small... You don't give them adult plates. You don't give them large portions. I've been to other people's houses and the kids have the same sort of size dinners as the parents. You give them, I, I judge the amount of food I give the kids by the amount of food I would give if Kelly Betts came round. And uh, then, I just, then I just add a little bit. At eight o'clock, I have to decide whether to have a cup of tea or a banana. I can't have both because I'll be too full. True story. Where are you having it? What? It's my Kitchen. mouth. Uh, at work? At work. I meant, yes, okay. I meant. <laughs> Well, I mean, some of us have got really tough decisions to make, but uh, let's everyone spare a thought for Kelly. Vote now. This is it. With the, OK, this is what we can do. This With the BBC, I've, I've almost read some of the rules. With the general election coming up, while we're not allowed to uh, 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 talk about the election specifically, you are allowed to do a text vote um, on whether Kelly Betts has a cup of tea or a banana. And uh, whichever one you decide will predict which team is going to win the election. Team. Gosh, you really have been studying, haven't you? Thank you. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M25 clockwise, there are queues between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4 because of a breakdown earlier. And on the A1M northbound, it's still very slow from Junction 6 for Welling Garden City to 7 for Stevenage after an accident. It's slow southbound past that stretch 2 from Junction 7 for Stevenage. Uh, sorry, it's from Junction 9 for Letchworth to Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. And in Oakland's on London Road, that's also looking very slow in both directions between Lower Mardley Hill and Bridge Road. And Codicote on the High Street, that's looking very slow between Berry Lane and the Wellin Bypass, possibly as a result of people avoiding the A1M. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Nice little turn of phrase there. Thank you so much. Magical. Absolutely magical. Five stars. 8.16. It's Monday, the 30th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The general election campaign is officially getting underway this morning. A pilot from Luton says the airline industry failed Andreas Lubitz, who crashed his plane into the Alps. And obesity experts say parents are to blame for not controlling the weight of their children. BBC Three Counties Radio. an empty glass. Are you, are you, have you got to get a sample or something? The, the water machine doesn't work. Hasn't worked for weeks. You mean the tap? No, that that's a luxury water machine. Oh, no. I think it's switched off. No, it's not. I've tried resetting it. It doesn't work. Mm. Have you got a tap? It's broken. Yes, but there's only one drinking water tap in this building. If you drink out of the wrong one, it comes through all the uh, pipes of the dead pigeons in. Which, hang on, whoa, E, which, what, what tap is that then? The only drinking water tap in this building is the one in the kitchen. Drink anything out of the loos, you're oh, in trouble. Oh, I, ne- I never drink out the loos, mate. No, but I'm not the, a dog. Uh, the, uh, the taps in the oh, loos. Oh, the taps in the loos, They sorry. come through the dead pigeons. Okay, we'll use the tap in the kitchen. Well, I would have done had I realised, but I came all the way I down. I don't want to fall out with you over this, but. Came down with you my really glass. You're really annoying me. And uh, <laughs> the, the machine's just not working. Okay. It's, um, okay. It's quite upset me, really. I know. There's, I, I'm just getting a, a real vibe from you. Well, little things can th- can throw me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Little things. I I live my life quite routinely, and yep. th- th- things can throw me. That's throw me okay. a bit. Just you, you you come in as though you're coming to buy a house at Connell's or something. You've just got a real <laughs> kind of aggressive attitude, and I just just. Just chill out, Look, are man. you wearing a hoodie? Yeah. Like some young got person. A bit of, got a bit of dinner on it as well. A bit of dinner on it. Oh, that's disgusting. You genuinely have got a bit of... It's half term for the kids, and so it feels like it's half term for me. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. I wondered why my journey to work this morning was, was so lovely. Yeah, well, uh, well my day's going to be a right pain in the backside because I've got to look after my kids. Oh. Well, what are they doing now till you get home? Just, you know... You'd... Probably r- probably learning how to roll a joint. <laughs> <laughs> and how, 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 to kill a, how to kill a working woman on Grand Theft Auto. Really? Five and three. Oh. They age so quickly these Gosh. days. We went to see the SpongeBob SquarePants film yesterday. Rubbish. There was a fella in front of me. Mm. He made a phone call in the middle of the film. And I was oh. fuming. Right? He was, he's on the phone. And then he gave the phone to his kid. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I went, oh, excuse me. Could you stop making phone calls during SpongeBob SquarePants, please? And he was—he he looked at me as if I was, uh, as if I, you know, just was waving my w- winkle in his face. As he was so shocked, could you believe it? By coincidence, I was doing that as well. And I was—he made a phone call in the middle of a film. Oh gosh, people like that should be flogged. I—I I, do you know what? 
I'm not a fan of the taser as much as you are. Mm. But if I'd have had one, right in the back of the neck, you would have tasered him I in the back of his neck. That's disgusting. Hang on a minute. You're the man. Damn who, it. You you stick up for, yeah. for blooming criminals being tasered. This and is yet, worse than crime. And there, a man talking in the cinema. You'd like to taser him. It was. It really got me angry. Really? Oh, if my kids hadn't have been there, well, if my kids hadn't have been there, it would have been weird me going to see SpongeBob on my own. It would have been. So that scenario wouldn't have happened, but flipping it. I really did. Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry you're furious. Look at you, you brought this up and you're getting all angry again, aren't you? Have a little sip of your cup of tea. <sighs> Is that nice? Yeah, it's very nice, a coffee, yeah. but yeah, thank you. What's on your show this morning, Jonathan? Uh, coming up on the Big Funny this morning from Nine, who would you rather have as Prime Minister? David Cameron or Ed Miliband? Oh, that's a clever way around it. Uh, David Cameron will mark the launch of the general election campaign to date by telling voters they have a stark choice between him and Ed Miliband. He'll argue the Conservatives have Britain on the right track and that a Labour government would be a disaster. YouGov polls published today show that Labour now has a four-point lead over the Conservatives, which gives them hope of potentially even winning a majority on May the 7th. Well, this morning from nine, I'd like to uh, to hear your response to this. Who would you rather have as Prime Minister, David Cameron or Ed Miliband? It does come down to a choice of those two men, mm. even though the other political parties, of course, have their place and they could shape the election and very much shape what happens in this country. To be honest, we're only going to have one of those two men for the Prime Minister. Yep. David Cameron or Ed Miliband. Well, who would you rather have? From nine this morning, I'd love your call on 08459 455 555. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every day it's not just about great music and great conversation. I'll get a bit technical here. It's about local experts helping you across beds, hearts and bucks. So what we're talking about then is capital gains tax potentially on the portion of the property that they directly own. On finance, relationships. But look at the way that you have contributed to this situation. Health. When you have a cough which can seem quite innocuous in this way but just irritating. Asthma is something that we would think of. Your pets. Particularly if your dog is a border collie cross and um, it will be epilepsy and even law you still cannot say judge you have to stick to this but the judge's approach now is going to be well why shouldn't we local advice for local people nick coffer weekdays from 12 on bbc three counties radio The lost islands The 
Scotty Texas. Yeah, we have some votes on the banana or tea uh, conundrum. Yes, the text vote should Kelly have a banana or a tea. Well, a lot of people are offering to provide their own bananas. Oh, that's that's nice right. of them, isn't it? Um, men, um, but uh, very handy. George in Aylesbury, very kind. I'd give Kelly my banana. Well, I think it might be black by the time it gets from Aylesbury to here. No. Nice offer though, and Tony says banana, please. <laughs> so so far she's having a banana. Whether hers or someone else's. Gosh. I stick to your own, oh, Kelly. It's hot in here, isn't it? You okay? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. A hero. Do you want George's banana? Oh, no. It's bringing it from Ellsbury. Be black, won't it? I've got one. Okay. Thanks, though, George. I really appreciate don't, that. E- don't ever put a banana in the fridge. Is that a euphemism? No, it's true. It's very black. A heroin dealer has boasted of his soft life in jail with an illegal selfie shot. I saw a selfie stick for the first time the other day. Are they ridiculous? Silly. They're so long. Mm. Are they not retractable? I don't know. There was a fellow wandering around. I mean, he was selling them, uh, wandering around with them. And I thought, that's blimmin'. That's, that's ridiculous. Mm. I mean, it was about... It was about a yard. And why would you want everyone to know that that's what you're doing? Taking pictures of yourself on a stick. <sighs> a heroin dealer has boasted of his soft life in jail with an illegal selfie shot and photos of his cell, complete with cigars, a TV and two games consoles. Well, yeah, but the games console is a PlayStation 2. Cruel. So, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, Hasn't he suffered enough? It's a bit rubbish. Jason Crocker, 36... He's thought to up- have uploaded the images online after taking them with a prohibited mobile phone smuggled into prison. I kind of think anyone that smuggles, that is able to smuggle a mobile phone in prison deserves, well, if not to keep the phone, certainly a little bit of respect. They should keep it for a week just until they can sit down again. That's how they smuggle them in. I know. I hope he removed it before he took the picture with it. Otherwise, that would have been... You need more than a selfie, selfie stick. You know, One shot. One shot shows a cell door wedged shut from within, not by niche, but with a broom handle. And others show toiletries, DVDs and family photos. What, these people are allowed soap? And also, he's got a rubbish TV. It's like a fat TV. It's not flat screen, it's a fat screen. Yeah, it's like the sort that your mum would have in the kitchen. Uh, plus newspaper headlines about him. Here's the thing. My mum, not now that she's poorly, if she were well, she would still do She would still cut out newspaper articles about me. She's got a scrapbook of, like, stuff like that. Oh, my goodness. And I wonder... I I, I often wonder if if drug dealers and uh, uh, um, murderers, and uh, you know, if their mums do the same. Like, have scrapbooks. And this fella, he keeps keeps headlines about himself. Well, you know... It's an interesting point you make there, but I would think that if their parents were more interested in achievement in the run-up to said drug dealing, they might not have taken that path. Crocker was jailed for five years in December 2013 for supplying heroin from his Plymouth flat. Last year, he admitted having a BlackBerry mobile phone in prison and was given a further six-week sentence for using Skype and dating websites from jail. Wow. Grindr and Tinder, they're going to have limited... You know, unless it pops up that someone in the next cell is is up for it, mm-hmm. then what, what are they going to do? Interesting point here, uh, tweeted from David Cleaver. Where do they keep the charges? No. I think so. I think you, you can, can't get you it. Can fit, you can work. fit a lot up there. No. 
The photos appear to show two different cells used by Crocker. One with grey tiling with a calendar dated October 2014 and one with blue tiling, suggesting he'd been moved at some stage and took his home. phone with him. <laughs> Co commenting on the photos online... <laughs> Go on. Family members laughed off Crocker's antics. On Facebook, Kaylee Crocker posted... Go on, Dad! Ha 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 ha! She's sticking up for her dad. How old is she? Doesn't say, strangely She's, enough. Doesn't sound like she should be old enough to but have others, Facebook if her dad's 36. But others have expressed anger at the lifestyle he seems to be enjoying. Heva Mackinson wrote, basically, has a bed sit rent free. Good one, government. Can't go out, though. Well, 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 isn't that, isn't that naughty? Yeah. It's only PlayStation 2. You can see the games he's got there. I mean... Uh, What's he playing? He's got, a, he's got a wrestling game and, uh, like, Need for Speed, but Need for Speed 2, wow. I mean, that's Poor so devil, old. Really. So old, isn't it? So am I eating this or what? The what? banana. Is it George's banana? No, it's your own, isn't it? Yeah. OK. So you're going to have that? Is it black? No, yellow. OK, enjoy, enjoy. We'll uh, speak to Kelly after the banana and see how she got on. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are still queues on the M25 clockwise between Junction 15 for the M4 and 16 for the M40 because of a breakdown. On the A1M though, it's easing off northbound after the accident between Junction 6 for Welling Garden City and 7 for Stevenage, but it is still looking slow on the speed sensors southbound through that stretch from Junction 9 for Letchworth. On the M1 southbound, it's slow from Junction 12 for Flittick to 11 for Dunstable, and the A5 southbound is looking slow from Lynch Hill towards the M1 Junction 9 for Redbourne 2. And High Wycombe on the A404 mile Hill that's very busy into High Wycombe. Having a look at the train departure boards, there are no major problems showing up at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Sammy, have a listen. Catherine's got some um, uh, travel news for you. Catherine? Two small oh, okay. dogs walking down the A1 southbound between Sandy and Biggleswade. The One says have... to the other, No. Do you come here often? The other says, Lead it out. I'm feeling rough. Pause. Is it true? This is true. Two small dogs walking down the A1 southbound between Sandy and Biggleswade. We don't know where they're going. One says... Oh, we'll try and find out. Hang on a minute. One, one says two small dogs. What road is it? A1 southbound. Two small dogs walking down the A1 southbound. One says to the other, lead it out. The other one says, pause. And then um, the other one <laughs> says, oh, sit. Uh, what? What? I, I don't get the joke, Catherine. I didn't do a joke. <laughs> Do it again. Just anyone who didn't speak. Do it again. Do it again. Sammy and I are confused. Two small dogs walking down the A1 southbound. One says lead it out. The other one says pause. I don't get it. it um, Do you get it, Sammy? Well, who? Hang on. Who's telling the joke? Is this it's not joke a joke? It's Tony from people. Bedford. You, you realise it's not a joke now, Catherine, which is embarrassing. Once you just tell us it one more time. Let's see if we get this. Two small dogs walking down the A1 southbound between Sandy and Biggleswade. One says to the other one, lead it out, and the other one says, pause. I'm really... Uh, Sammy, any... It's all, it's all right, joke. It's all it right, three. joke. It's, I just don't know why she interrupted. We're late for the news because of that joke, Catherine. Thanks, Tony. I think you owe Sammy an apology? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look no. for these dogs on the cameras. Yeah. Well, no. let's, let's find them. You're welcome. Lead it out, pause. Thank you, Catherine. You owe, <laughs> you owe Lee, thank you, Sammy. You owe Lee Agnew an apology, because we're late. You're still doing it. And you owe me an apology. And Can I do it through the medium of interpretive dance? 
Well, you owe me two apologies now. And you owe Kelly an apology. Yeah, it's true. Well, you're all going to be waiting a long time. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, a pilot from Luton says the airline industry failed Andreas Lubitz, who crashed his plane into the Alps. Captain Chris McGee says more should be done to give the right support to pilots under pressure. Campaigning for the general election is now officially underway. David Cameron will visit the Queen later this morning to mark the end of the five-year coalition. And many parents fail to recognise their child is overweight until they hit extreme levels of obesity. The studies found it was more likely to be under estimated if they were black or South Asian from a more deprived background or if the child was a boy. The weather will be bright and chilly at first but turning cloudy with rain this afternoon. Top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sebastian Vettel got his first victory for Ferrari at the Malaysian Grand Prix. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton came second and speaking on the podium afterwards said he simply wasn't quick enough. Well, firstly, a huge congratulations to Ferrari and to Sebastian. They did an amazing well job. I mean, geez, they had some good pace today. Um, I gave it everything I could. We, we did as a team and um, just, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, I knew coming into this weekend that they made a step. We didn't know how big, but uh, they were too fast for us today. On to football and Stevenage are away to Burton in League Two this evening. The Borough pushing for a playoff place and skipper Ronnie Henry says it's difficult not to look at how other teams around them are doing. Yeah, of course. I mean, people say they don't look at the table, but I think they're lying, aren't they? they uh, it's always... You can't resist really looking at the table, but we've, we've put ourselves in a, in a good position a lot over the last month or so, haven't we? So mm. we're, um, we're, we're positive we can get in there. We need to not look too far ahead. Like you said, we just need to look at Monday's game. Luton Town were beaten 2-1 away at Northampton, their sixth defeat in a row. Despite their bad form, midfielder Alex Lawless says the players haven't lost their ambition. Our aim all along was for promotion, um, and it still is. Um, and we, we will never give up on that, and and hopefully we can we can bring that to the fans. You know, they, you know, they, they've been the support they've given us this season has has just been. It's, it's unreal and the, the lads really want to repay that. Meanwhile, Wickham Wanderers are now seven points clear in the third place automatic promotion position after their win at Dagenham. And finally in Rugby Union, the Bedford Blues were defeated by 38 points to 14 away to Bristol in the Championship. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at nine o'clock. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh, no, oh, no. He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh, gee, oh, gee. He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh, fiddle, oh, fiddle. He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh, heck. We're talking about what's haunted in your house. 08459 555. Jill has uh, emailed in. Now, Jill's very sensible. Mm-hmm. And Jill has emailed in. When my children were nursery age, my daughter shouted at me that a boy was sitting next to her brother. To cut a long story short, she gave me a name, location, and date of death, who she said died of a coughing sickness. 
which I checked on the census, etc., out of curiosity. I found the boy did exist, and the boy died of TB. I mean, I don't believe that, but Jill, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well-crafted uh, email. Children do say really spooky things at times, don't they? One of my friend's kids um, saw a man, she said, yeah. hanging from the tree and he was asleep. Eee. She was pointing at the trees outside the back garden, like 400-year-old oak trees that line our sort of village. My boy finally, finally, two weeks ago, brought home... An invisible playfriend. Oh. At last. At last. Bloke called Vicky. Oh. <laughs> Vicky the Viking. But he'd obviously... And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be the chance to see if he's seeing an ethereal world, if he's seeing through dimensions into the other side. And I was asking him about Vicky. And very, very quickly, I realised he was just making stuff up yeah. so that he could get extra sweets and extra drinks. He knew that that's what you wanted. And then the next day, I said, how's your um, invisible friend? He went, huh? <laughs> your invisible friend. Oh, yeah, what's he called again? He's called Vicky, son. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's hungry and he wants some chocolate. Oh, oh. yeah, that's nice. My cousins both had um, invisible friends. One of them was called Tanky. It's called what? Got to be so careful. Tanky. Yeah, okay. Tanky was naughty. Whenever something, I bet he was. something I... bad happened in the house, Tanky did it. Yeah, Tanky, but yeah. And uh, our Stephen had a dragon called Gorbash. Gorbash the dragon. It's Polish, good, isn't Polish it? dragons isn't coming it? over here, stealing our dragon, British dragon's yeah. work, making our British dragons sign on. Gorbash. I think that's a brilliant name for a dragon. That's a good name. When um, my uh, uh, we were having, I guess, our second kid, my nephew, Dylan. He was 10 yesterday, flipping it, his time gone. So he would have been, oh, I don't know, he would have been six. He, the name that he came up with for our second son, Stromboli. Nice. <laughs> Stromboli. You know the name that my da- eldest daughter came up with for the baby that I was carrying? Yeah. Tangerina. Exotic. Here we see her, Tangerina. Have we got any Texas? Yeah. Because I've got Phil for the next 23 minutes, and I'll be honest, I ain't got a lot. I'm I'm a spent force. Okay, well, um, you know, people are still talking... Spent force is a great name for a, a series about old detectives. Who've been? Uh, they've all been pensioned off. Yeah. One g- loses his job because he's been selling um, dinner tickets to kids. The other one have got, got smoking um, inside the police car. Yeah. So they get pensioned off for like really rubbish things. Mm-hmm. They get put in an old policeman's home. Yeah, but then they still go and solve crimes. They're spent force. Nice. Bow. You should. That's actually good. Yeah, pitch it. I'm, I'm, I, well, I just did. It sounds a bit like new, new, new teeth, new tricks, whatever it was called. Um, t- turning tricks. Yeah. For a dollar. Yeah. The Ian Lee story. Oh. Volume one. Hey, there's a fella who's written his autobiography, right? But he's written like six volumes of it, and he goes into really mad detail. Danny Baker? No, no, no. They're making that into a TV I series know, with Peter Kay as his dad. No, I think it'll be good. No, this fella's written this really in-depth autobiography. Uh, autobiography. 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 I can't say it. Autobiography. Yes. Um, and it's like six volumes. Is he an interesting man? I don't know. I'm, I was I was hovering over buy on Amazon yesterday. 
Anyway. Who is he? Is he a famous man? No, he's not. He's just a bloke. And it's, like, really peed off all his family. And, like, he's on volume six, right? And in volume six, he gets to the bit where he's peed off all his family because he's written volume one. Can you imagine being at a family dinner with him and someone says something, what are you doing, Grandad? Just writing this down. Does anyone know that book I'm talking... I wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. I'm assuming you're an intellectual lot and I apologise. Go on. My wife just looked out the window and noticed the van that was parked across the road has disappeared overnight. Oh, what's haunted in your house? Proof of spirit, says Alan Luton. Uh, and also talking about Andreas um, Lubick, um, the German co-pilot deliberately locked the pilot out of the cockpit and crashed the plane, killing 150 people, so he's a mass murderer. The only system failure is his obsession, or this obsession, with his confidentiality that stopped his doctor from telling the airline his patient wasn't fit to fly. Unless he was fit to fly, OC. What do you know that we don't know? Oh, there was a ripped-up note. What did that note say? We've got literally no idea. It is people guessing. You don't know. We just don't know. And it, this is why I feel kind of slightly part of the uh, media machine that I'm not that keen on today, doing this story, because we don't know. We don't know anything about it. It's all guesswork. But, I mean, the Mail Online, if you look at the Mail Online now, footage oh, yeah. emerges of German Wings killer co-pilot laughing and smiling oh. while learning to fly a decade before oh. the Alps crash. Makes and that shows puke. what? Makes me want to puke. Makes me want to eat my own fingers. We kind of, you know, kind of feel that we... Uh, it was a mistake to do that story, but we did it, and that's No, fine. I mean, I think we need to challenge this idea that... Um, yes, you're right. ...depression makes people do things like this. It doesn't. There are no. plenty of people who are living with it and dealing with it, and they are doing responsible jobs, and thank goodness they are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How was the banana bet? Mm, it was really nice. I don't like bananas. They're ripe for, like, 20 minutes. Either too hard. Yours, looks, with the greatest respect, look too hard. Perfect. Uh, well... I'll be the judge of that young lady. No, I think I wasn't. Like, it was delicious. I think you wasn't. Correct, I was, and it no, looked I too hard. Like, I, pears I and all. Pears. Or, or they go black. Yeah. Pears. Pears don't go black, they go brown. Yeah, but they are ripe and juicy for about 10 minutes. I had some uh, microwavable <laughs> barbecue ribs on Sunday. And how did I... they work out for you? They really burnt the roof of my mouth a lot. They were very messy. That's what, that's what I've got down my top today. Have you? I've got that down my top today. It's filthy. But they were they were nice, actually. Mm. Yeah, bye. Really enjoyed that. Delicious ribs. Good. Apparently, our Stephen has ripped, ripped off Gorbash the Dragon, says Carpet Martin. Oh, yeah. Gorbash is a character in Flight of the Dragons. Stephen's friend's been plagiarised. Ian says, I had a full mug of tea next to me half an hour ago and now it's empty. Hashtag spooky. What, what of yours uh, is haunted? Uh, you said something, didn't you? I said my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. Say that again. I said my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. Well, I think we're done now. Bye-bye. OK, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Karen in Welling Garden City, my invisible friends were Dinky and Wook. Haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen Dinky for a long, long time. I, I've, I've, I've not seen Wook for, well, probably about three years now. Hmm? Right. I've literally got nothing for the next 20 minutes. You've got Dealey. That's more than enough. Oh, Dealey! Let's play a game of Pass the Geezer. Oh, I want to play a game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, your video... Yeah. It's, it's confusing. Why is it confusing? Because it's so hot and sexy, but then it's you. What do you mean? You... I, I don't get what you're saying. Come it's... on, just spit it out. You've got what's known as legs for days. What does that mean? Long legs. They go yeah. on and on and on and on oh, and on. Do you know what? Sue can play that game. You've also got long, luscious legs, haven't you? Yeah, but I don't parade them in videos on the... For those who don't know, the Facebook mm -hmm. page... 
Steely is working it like a wrong'un. <laughs> what do you mean, like a wrong'un? I mean a good'un. Working a good like un, a, yes. you look. You've dressed up yep. as a, a, a lady. Yes. Well, not just any lady. No. Let's get that absolutely clear. Well, she ain't no lady. The queen of pop. The queen of pop. Pop. Madge. Yeah. Okay. Well, 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 well. I was on the streets of Stevenage last week ahead of Ladies' Day on Saturday. I don't know I... what what what, you, what was late. I don't understand Ladies' Day. Okay, Ladies' Day on Saturday. Because you didn't you didn't coincide it with International Women's Day, did no, you? I didn't know. You, you didn't bother to make Listen, that obvious connection. I did my own thing. My own thing. So you just came up with a thing called Ladies' Day. So on Saturday on my show it was Ladies' Day. Two hours of the finest female artists of all time. So we're asking people who is your favourite, who have you met, yeah. some stories behind it. So ahead of Ladies' Day, I went onto the streets of Stevenage, dressed up as a lady, as Madonna, finding yeah. out who people loved when it comes to female pop icons. And who came out uh, the winners? Well, a couple, actually. Uh, we had uh, Madonna, very popular. Uh, a lot of the lads in Stevenage um, tried to touch me. I said, no, back off. It, uh, they, you weren't dressed up as Sam Fox. No. <laughs> yeah? And uh, also Madonna. Madonna and Whitney. Madonna and Whitney, those two. But can I say, permission to speak freely? Yeah, go on. Madonna is rubbish. She you, is uh, okay. rubbish. Right, okay, back it up. Have you seen her live? What's that got to do with oh, anything? Oh, I have, and she mimed. So, no, I haven't. She's a, a performance. She's a, she's a pop singer, Justin. Uh, yeah. I, I listen to her pop records. That's, okay. that's the, the prime. But sometimes you need to step outside the box. You've got the CD in front of you. You may listen mm. to it. Sometimes you I'm need to watch people live. trying not to make a joke about stepping inside boxes. She <laughs> fell off the box. Yes, thank you. <laughs> that's because, though, you know, fair play to her. She's still going strong. She's always changing what she does. She no. is, she's yeah. moved on. She's moved on with the time. She's not changing what she's still doing. Insipid, bland, screechy pop and pretending that she is relevant. Hey, you've got beef with Madge. I've got beef. Do you know what, Dealey? Yeah. I've got beef with Madge. Yeah. Justin, we'll, we'll, uh, what have you taken to the streets? Well, you've not been happy. Um, oh. Well, what? been happy for, for this morning's programme. I'd say, are you, are you no. OK? You happy? I'm all right, I'm all right. You all right? right. OK. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I'm all right. I, I don't think he was very happy deep down about the way that Dermot was sacked <laughs> from the X Factor. <laughs> I, was, I was unhappy... It's through. I was unhappy about the way that he then pretended that he hadn't been sacked <laughs> and it was his decision. <laughs> Dermot, it wasn't, mate. You read it on the Sun website. Yeah, bless him. So, I've been on the streets this morning asking, are you sad about Dermot? But also, you've been talking about sackings. Yes, it was a niche market, unusual sacking. I've got one, okay. and I think we could be onto something here. We will long distance sacking. We will come to that after a bit of this. Thank you, Dealey. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 towards London, it's looking very slow now between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout. And there are delays on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. The A1M southbound still looking really slow from Junction 9 for Letchworth towards Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. And in Stevenage, Six Hillsway is partially blocked by a bus that's broken down between Homestead Moat and the Monksford Way around the Asda roundabouts. Elsewhere, as you might have heard earlier on, Tony called Catherine to say, that two small dogs are walking down the A1 southbound at Biggleswade. They could cause a hazard for drivers. I called CCTV control room to check, but they can't confirm whether they're there causing any problems. But it could be a hazard. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties. Hang on a minute, Savvy. Hang on, Savvy, 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 Savvy. Hang on yeah. a second. Hang on a second. Uh, we've had a lot of fun with this story about the dogs, and Catherine wants to add something to it. Catherine, yeah. what did you want to say? You start it. Good. Right, two okay. Dogs walking down the A1 southbound. <laughs> One says, lead it out. The other says, Pause. What's the matter? Oh, just feeling rough. 
You like it? It's Monday the 30th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The general election campaign is officially getting underway this morning. A pilot from Luton says the airline industry failed Andreas Lubitz, who crashed his plane into the Alps. And obesity experts say parents are to blame for not controlling the weight of their children. We'll speak to Dealey again in a bit. Before that, let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a lovely bright start out there this morning. Some blue sky and sunshine, but it's not going to stay like this. The clouds are going to increase this afternoon and with it the wind is going to pick up as well, becoming breezy by the time we get to this evening. The maximum temperature in the meantime, though, around 12 Celsius. Now, it should stay dry through much of the day. It's only the latter stages of the afternoon. The rain will push in from the west as well. Heavy at first, but then gradually fragmenting overnight, turning into more squally, blustery showers as we head post midnight and beyond but we are hanging on to the breeze that doesn't really go anywhere the minimum temperature reasonably mild at around eight celsius probably a bit higher in towns and cities so tomorrow morning sunshine some sunny spells some squally showers some really quite fierce showers tomorrow some hail could be mixed in there but some sunshine nonetheless and we're hanging on to the wind so the breeze uh, the showers are going to be quite blustery the maximum temperature for tuesday getting up to 11 celsius and that's your forecast Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such... A minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of there, give him a sense of purpose. The JDS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. So, Justin. Yes. And, and by the way, nobody <laughs> nobody seems that bothered mm. that uh, Dermot O'Leary has got the boot from the X uh. Factor. No one's... It, it, Fair play, he's had eight years, a million pounds a year. What's that? Yeah. Five, six million quid? Yeah. Uh, and no one's that bothered. And he's a nice... I like him. He's, he's, he's such a nice bloke, but he is... And... That's the problem, is that he's just a nice guy. And sometimes when you're a nice guy on TV, things don't last forever, do they? Well, I don't know. When he used to do um, T4, he was really funny and, yeah. and a bit more edgy. But I suppose he's gone mainstream, as you have to, if you're on uh, telly on a Saturday but night. But even on T4, he was, it was a very safe pair of uh, uh, un-rock and roll hands. It was him and Sarpong, wasn't it? Sarpong. He's saying that he's not been... I mean, he's been sacked here, hasn't he? But, of course, he hasn't been sacked for, for being outrageous. Maybe he just wants, uh, you know, job security. He, he's not the most entertaining. The, the, the ITV2 programme for The X Factor, that's where you can have some fun for me. It's a good programme. Well, that. Ollie Moores... And Caroline Flack. Ollie Moores <laughs> and Caroline Flack. Uh, any young men working on that programme better watch out. <laughs> Flack's about. She likes them young. I mean, you know, like yeah. 17, 18, 19, yeah. 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah. She's what 42 she <laughs> likes them young all everybody everybody who wants to young men who want to get a job in tv sending your cvs to the x factor now wow. it could be your lucky day yeah or unlucky day depending how you uh, you view her uh lucky okay do you not think i'd say um oh i think um, she's stunning what, really yeah i think caroline flack's stunning yeah okay yeah 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 okay too old for them 
Oh, well, I'm way too old yeah. for her. I'm like 20 years too old for her. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is a good years. thing. <laughs> 20 years too old for her, which is a good thing for everybody concerned. So, uh, he found out, Dermot found out, but Ollie Moore's, though. Oh, he's charming. Well, he, he, he's the reason that the Love Luton Festival was such a disaster. <laughs> Come on, don't bring that up again. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Dermot O'Leary found out he had got the boot by looking at the Sun website. How have you found out you've lost your job? 08459 455555. Niche market, boss. Niche market, this yeah, one. Yeah, you can but do I, it, though. Yeah, well, I've been asking about Dermot, but also, uh, as you say, unusual sackings. There's a guy at the end here who, who's got a, a great story. We could maybe go on to uh, long-distance sackings. But uh, this report coming up talks about that. Also, people's feelings on Dermot. It contains a, a very posh lady, Ooh. a very harsh Polish man, okay. and a man at the end, a man at the end with a great story. So uh, here's what happened on the streets this morning. Madam, Dermot's gone. What's your vibe? I felt pretty sad actually. Why? Because I liked him. <laughs> your type of guy, yeah. Yeah. You could say that, love. Yeah. Henry, let's get the Polish perspective. Um, Dermot O'Leary. A sadly uh, departed from the X Factor. What's your thoughts on uh, on that news story? Everything is okay. That's only all, pro, all. Everything is okay. Everything's Fantastic. okay. Yeah. That's only is dependent what you want and how you do it. But Dermot leaving is that what you want? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. You're a harsh <laughs> man. Happy. You're a harsh man. Thanks very much. Yeah. You're welcome. No, I don't watch it, so I don't worry about it. What's your favourite TV show? Oh, Gardener's World. <laughs> That's something different, isn't it? Lovely. OK. <laughs> Good luck with the roots. Thank you. <laughs> Omar, not yourself, but one of your friends got sacked in a weird way. Tell us what happened. Well, uh, basically what happened is uh, he was working in Dubai uh, for, uh, I think, a finance company. And then he was told to do uh, some work in London, to relocate here for a bit. So he moves here, and uh, he was here for about a month or so. And he was, do he was told that he was doing well. The, the boss said, you know, like, he was getting good appraisals and they so on. They were loving his work. Yeah, they were loving his work. And then, uh, you know, he was feeling quite happy about that. He goes back to Dubai, and he gets a really nasty email from his boss saying, you know, he was the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So he's travelled all the way back to Dubai yeah. to be sacked. He's going back there thinking, here we go. This is absolutely fantastic. My career's ahead of me. Yeah. Bang. There's the email. That's it. That's how it happened for him. Poor guy. Wow. <laughs> That's a weird one because normally people get, normally people find out through word of mouth, but he's actually got on a plane yeah. to Dubai. But he's quite so literally knowing he's been sacked. Yeah. That's basically what happened. Imagine. Wow. Yeah. Long-distance sackings. Long-distance long sackings. I think we're onto something. Thanks very much. Take Thank care. You too. Oh, sorry, Justin. That was a pure accident. I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was. I was moving. <laughs> some poor guy. Right. Some poor. Hang on. Hang He's on a here. legend in his hang own. <laughs> some poor guy has come back to, to London to, to meet his bosses. He goes back on a plane all the way to Dubai, all the way there, only to get sacked. <laughs> and you're mocking him. Imagine that journey back to London, knowing you've been fired. He's quite. Literally a legend in his own underpants. I was tidying up my 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 uh, desk. You are unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> Imagine if that man's listening right now, and there's you laughing at him. Oh yeah, all the way back to Dubai. Oh, but that was a nice journey on the back for. Come on. Uh, stay there. Glenn's on the line. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. What you got for us? Glenn McAleary. I think he's boring, and I'm glad he's gone. Bit bit harsh, Glenn. I know, but it's, it, he is, he's so boring, it's so predictable what he does. Now, he, he has one button on his jacket done up, he does a little <laughs> twist, and then when people go, he gives them a cuddle. 
Glenn, it could be argued, and you've put yourself in the arena now, yeah. could be argued you're a little bit boring and you're a little Thank bit predictable. All right, thank you very much. No, no, listen, you, you put yourself in the arena, Glenn, and I, and I have to, as you know, I, I treat everybody, whether they be a politician, police commissioner or lowly caller that really has no power, but we let them look at our little silver world of show business, such as yourself. I treat everyone the same, Glenn. What, how would you like it if, if people called you boring? Um, mm, hurts. I, no, 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 I'd probably try and change what was boring about me. OK. All right. How are you so going to do a, that? An, a, a, a smarter jacket, maybe a comedy tie, <laughs> different voice. Different voice, yes. Go on, do it. Do a non. Do a non boy voice, voice then. No, I can't. No, I know it's. Like, what are you calling on, Glenn? Uh, my hands free kit. Okay, that, that sounds. Like, that's almost broadcast quality. Thank you, Glenn, and you're not boring in the slightest. Nice one, Glenn. <laughs> what does that mean? I just spoke to two ladies walking down the street and I said, um, have you heard the news about Dermot? Sadly, they've walked off to work now. When I told them, their faces, their mouths were open. They were fans of his. They liked him. Oh. Sweet. <laughs> I don't understand Ian's latest tweet, Ian Gervin. I can't read it. I love this guy. And he's a Luton Town fan as he's well. He's good, Fair isn't he? I mean, yeah. he's re I'm not going to follow him. But he's, he does good tweets, and he's, he's done... Uh, he's tweeted, Dermot's got the sack, my thoughts. And then he's tweeted a bit of what I assume is the... Uh, no, well, not the Bayer Tapestry, because it's written in English. Mm. Um, I assume the Bayer Tapestry is in French, isn't it? It's in pictures. Uh, OK, well, then read, read that, then. Hang on, I can't find it. I've not got it. Uh, uh, I'll, uh, I'm not going to retweet it in case Dermot's following me. Oh, hang on. Let me have a look. Oh, Ian Gervin. Yeah. Is he spelling it like you? Or? At, at Cardman2142. Okay. He's good, isn't he, Just? He is good, and... Um, He's good value. He he didn't believe this morning, and for those who missed it, go back on the iPlayer. I gave oh, you two more it. pieces of evidence, yeah. and Ian, sadly, wasn't going for that. Somebody's <laughs> Liverpool kit, which their father gave them years ago, he died ten years ago, um, was blowing was blowing in the living room. Yeah. It was a haunted item, yeah. and Ian, a bit like you, yeah. is there something in Ian's who can't handle the truth? Well, let's just ask the gentleman, what was it you you said that was blowing, sir? I said my Liverpool kit's just moving by itself. OK, well, we, we finish now. OK, thank you. Bye-bye. Now, Ian Gervin... Um, I've, ju I've just read it again, of yeah. course. Yes, yes. Behold the field in which I grow my flips. Yeah. Lay thine eyes upon it and see, and thou shalt see that it is barren. In other words, <laughs> he, he doesn't, doesn't give, give a, a flip. flip. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Justin. Cheers, boss. Take care. Ta-ra. Ta-ta-ta. Thank you, Ian. It's quite oh, funny, isn't he? He's good. He's good value. Him. I'm not going to follow him. I am. I'll follow him so you don't have to. I follow too many people now. I follow, what, 45 people? Really? He used to be so much more choosy. <sighs> we never got time to uh, announce that the BBC have ordered Rita Ora to cover up. Yes. Which is, I think, is art. She, co no. she covered up the other day, but um, forgot to wear a bra, didn't she? And they could see right through her top. Rita Ora has had um, a dressing down, clever, oh. from BBC bosses for repeatedly showing off her boobs. The voice coach, 24, known for her plunging necklines, was hauled in last week and told to cover up. Hauled in, like she's a prize heifer. For goodness sakes, you know. With the, with the, with the, it, oh Here's a, well, yeah, that. On that bombshell, let's get the trav.
Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Stevenage on Six Hills Way, that's a bus has broken down westbound at the Homestead Moat, which is causing delays from the Asda roundabout. It's partially blocking the road. On the motorways, the A1M southbound has long delays from Junction 9 for Letchworth towards Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. And the M25 anti-clockwise has queues between Junction 18 for Chorley Wood and 16 for the M40. Having a look at the M40 on the cameras, and it is looking quite busy around Junction 2 for Beaconsfield towards the M25. And on the trains departure boards, the 944 service from Luton to Steve to Seven Oaks has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. Right, that's it. That's your lot. We're done and dusted for another day. Don't forget, you can get the podcast from, well, it'll be on iTunes now. If you just go to iTunes and type in Ian Lee, BBC, it pops up. Thank you, Kelly. Excellent work, Justin. Thank you, Catherine. Back tomorrow at six o'clock. Until then, from us... Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in. Who would you rather have as Prime Minister? David Cameron or Ed Miliband? 